This week on the Tech Night Out Live, we'll be featuring Scott Nussbaum of Trusted Sec. He'll be talking about a phenomenon called form grabbing that could impact your online shopping this holiday season. A little bit later, you'll hear an encore segment from Peter Cohen talking about the right to repair and lots of other subjects this week on the Tech Night Out Live. We welcome another security expert, Scott Nussbaum. He's with Trusted Sec, where he's a senior incident response person, and therefore makes him an expert. And we're going to talk about mostly security issues, such as the risks for online shoppers this holiday season. And as we do this interview, we're not that many days from Black Friday and Cyber Monday and all the other things and all the other other permutations of gimmicks that the online retailers can use to sell stuff to you. But I've heard of something called form grabbing, and that has nothing to do with abuse or something. It's grabbing a form. What does that mean? So essentially, it's when an attacker will compromise a website, a vendor that you're trying to purchase something from. Um, they'll inject malicious code on the server side so that all of the clients or all the people who are attempting to purchase from it will download this malicious code. It's really difficult to detect because it will actually blend in with the legitimate code. And as you're filling out your um, cart to make your purchases, it will be sending the form data back to the malicious um, attacker that they will then turn around and sell it on the dark web. Okay, so this is a fairly simple thing, fairly common here. You're placing an order, and there are various online forms to insert information like your address, your credit card number. And is it only grab newly inserted information, or if you're at a site where they already stored your credit card information? Can it grab the stuff that's been done before? From what I've been seeing and what I've been reading about, it mostly will just scan what you're currently trying to purchase. It will sleep for like five seconds and then do another scan to to see if you've updated any of the forms. There's variations of the uh, form uh, jacking. Uh, There are some of them that are very targeted, which they know the exact forms and uh, box names that they're trying to search for. And then there are other ones that are pretty pretty generic as in they'll go out and they'll look for common form names or form item names and they'll search for those. It's kind of like a sophisticated key logging system, isn't it? Yeah, basically. Okay, and those who don't know about key logging, it means someone grabs your keystrokes. Now, before I get into the mechanisms of this, if you're using, and you can do this online, something like an Apple Pay, you'll never have a problem with that because it's using secure tokens, right? I am not sure exactly on the the back end of how that works, so I really can't speak to it. In general, for our listeners' sake... What Apple Pay is, Apple stores 
your credit card or payment information or bank account on your device, your iPad, your iPhone. And then it has a chip called Secure Enclave, part of its processor that records a secure version of your credit card information. And when you make the purchase, it's using tokens. So it doesn't ever transmit the actual credit card information. But in this case here, if you're just entering on a web form your credit card information to make a purchase from a store, if it's grabbing that, it's going to see your credit card number. It's going to see the critical information, the three-number code at the back of the credit card. It's going to see the expiration date, which is what they need. The other thing that's actually really interesting with uh, this type of software is a lot of um, websites and their payment processes are made on multiple steps. Where on page one, you might insert your name, your address. Page two, you insert your credit card. Page three, then you insert your the little number to make sure you're valid. The software is actually smart enough to hold sessions between those different pages. So we can actually record all of them. I assume it understands what commands are being sent when you go from one page to another then. From the snippets that I've been seeing of it, it actually just searches for fields, uh, text box name, and it records those. So it's actually not recording anything about the session to the server. Now, I'm a customer. I'm going to a site. How do I know that somebody isn't capturing that information that will use it against me? That's the real danger with the um, the form uh, um, grabbing that's going on right now. Is For the legitimate normal user, there's really no way for you to detect that this is happening. It's kind of in the mix of all the other JavaScript that's coming at you from the server. And that's normally including the... Uh, the chat the uh, chat helps that pop up at the bottom your shopping carts um, any type of third party um, nice feature that gets added to a website even like the google ads all of that is in javascript all of it comes at you um, most of them are named from servers that semi will tell you that they're like advertisements and what the malicious actors do is they'll um, register domains that look like advertisement domains and they'll obfuscate their JavaScript so you have to literally know what you're looking for and to be able to take it apart in order to detect that it's malicious. Now, let's look at this here in more detail because it gets more and more frightening as you talk about it. Do the larger corporations who do online merchandising, do they have protections against this? Or could this infect Amazon and Walmart, for example, or any other major site? So... A lot of this is um, given back to a group. They're calling it a group, uh, the Mage Cart. They're really seven different groups, and each of them pretty much target something slightly different. They'll either target um, some of the ones I've seen or heard of have been, it's like an automated bot that will go out and try to find vulnerabilities inside certain websites and infect them that way. Then they'll insert the malicious software through that. Um, there are other groups that will target uh, mid to mid to low uh, sites, marketplaces, and then they'll actually try to mainly target them and attack them and get themselves in. Some of the more scary ones that have been going around, and these are the ones that are getting uh, more visibility lately, is basically supply chain, where your major companies, like your Walmarts or like your Amazons, they'll purchase a third-party application that will get put inside their, their website. Uh, like I mentioned earlier, a chat help. 
they normally don't develop those themselves, so they'll buy some other product from some other company. The attackers will then attack that company and insert their code into that legitimate product. And when that company sells its product, the malicious software goes along with it and could possibly infect thousands of different websites. And you hope, of course, that the people who run those websites have a way of checking for this. But do they? If Walmart buys a third-party chat software, for example, I'm not saying they do. And chat software is where you're communicating with their support people about a problem. Or it just a lot of times just on the side, it'll just pop up. Can I help you today? Can I help you look for something? They'll just, it's their way of just getting more interaction with customers. That's very common also with car dealers. I do window shopping occasionally online for a car. Not that I can afford it. But when you go to the dealer's site, quite often you'll see a pop-up chat window. I assume they have somebody who monitors that saying, can I help you? Now, when you respond, I assume somebody is alerted. Someone's not just sitting there waiting for somebody to contact them. They are alerted that somebody's contacting them online. They'll get online and they'll answer your questions. That's where you can put something. But of course, you're not making a transaction there. You're not buying the car through the online form. You're buying the car by a visit to the dealership, although there are some online vendors where you can do the transaction so it doesn't impact it but there are a lot of commerce sites where they do the same thing they have a little help window and if that can be infected oh boy scott nussbaum he's with trusted sick and we're talking about the dangers one might confront with online shopping and we're talking about form grabbing it's frightening more to come on the tech night out live Attack of the Rockoids has been well-received by critics and readers alike. It's a -a thrill-a-minute story you'll never forget. A former U.S. military intelligence officer is haunted by intense dreams about a beautiful woman pleading for his help after a terrible battle in outer space. But the dreams turn out to be true and thrust him into a telepathic love affair with a woman whose faraway planet is intent on destroying the Earth. And now the gripping tale continues in The Coming of the Protectors. It's the second book of the Rockoids trilogy, a galaxy-spanning adventure that pits our hapless heroes against powerful, fanatical enemies that threaten the lives of freedom-loving beings everywhere. Attack of the Rockoids and The Coming of the Protectors, classic science fiction at its best, available now. For more details, visit rockoids.com. That's R-O-C-K-O-I-D-S dot com. Trading involves financial risk and is not suitable for all investors. Marijuana has unleashed a green gold rush across our nation. It's creating $10.8 billion in new wealth a year. And every day, it's transforming more and more Americans into millionaires. Former Speaker of the House John Boehner reveals how you could become one of them. Join him online for the American Cannabis Summit. Attendance is 100% free, but space is limited. Join online at www.acs2018.com. John Boehner and an esteemed panel will reveal which cannabis stocks are primed to deliver life-changing windfalls. Plus, they will show you how to become a cannabis angel investor, backing the hottest startups before they potentially become worth billions of dollars. To join the American Cannabis Summit, visit ACS2018.com or text JOIN to 76280. Don't miss this once-in-a-lifetime opportunity. Text JOIN to 76280. Text JOIN to 76280 now. 
By now you know that wireless technology like cell phones do in fact pose dangers to the health and privacy of everyone. Blocket Pocket's wide range of products are unmatched in providing the protection you deserve. No scare tactics, just common sense. BlockitPocket.com offers quality American-made options to alleviate and eliminate these invisible dangers. Learn more at BlockitPocket.com or call 888-315-9618. BlockitPocket.com, enhancing health and privacy. Pain in my neck, back, and shoulders has really gotten worse. Relief for body pain is here with Sunny Bay Heating Pads. Well, the last thing I want is to take another pill. So what's so good about Sunny Bay Heating Pads? Sunny Bay Heating Pads, made by Biomed DB Design right here in the USA, come in all sizes. Our extra-large microwavable heating pad for back pain is designed to be large enough to cover your entire back. It's also perfect to wrap around your legs, knees, or shoulder and neck. But I need to know they're good quality. Of course, Sunny Bay heating pads and pillows are often an Amazon choice and it's easy and most affordable when you purchase your Sunny Bay heating pads right from our website sunshinepillows.com or call us 253-678-1361 Hey, a Sunny Bay heating pad would make a great gift, right? Yes, and they start at just $19.99 and free shipping is available. So call 253-678-1361 or shop for your Sunny Bay heating pad at sunshinepillows.com Anytime, any place, anywhere, radio remains the most intimate of all forms of media. At home, at work, in the car, on smartphones. Over 90% of consumers still listen to radio every week. That makes choosing radio as a place to advertise your business one of the best decisions you can make. Email advertise at GCNlive.com and partner up with an experienced GCN representative. Advertise at GCNlive.com. Easy, affordable, effective. We'd like to hear from you. If you have a comment or question about the Tech Night Owl Live, please send it to news at technightowl.com. That's news at technightowl.com. If you'd like to discuss today's show with fellow night owls, visit our community forums at forum.technightowl.com. That's forum.technightowl.com. So, Scott. Every time I listen to you here, I am more and more reluctant to do any online shopping. Or if I am, I would go to like an Amazon or a Walmart. In any case, if my MasterCard, Visa, American Express, or Discover card is compromised, the card issuer is going to protect me, right? You can always file claims against the uh, uh, fraudulent purchases. And a lot of times I've noticed that they, they are fairly good at detecting that something went wrong, somebody's using it inappropriately. It varies depending on their processes. Um, I know a lot of, once alerted, they will, like, I believe a lot of them have people that will search like the dark web looking for people's PII that's been put out. And if they can take it back to a certain type of purchase or a certain type of website, then they'll alert the website saying, hey, something, is, you have malicious something on your site or you need to check your software. Because we, we've at least aggregated the data and we found that you're the cause of this data leak. Now, what this reminds me of, in the sense of banks and other institutions watching, somebody compromised a bank account number on Twitter, one of my accounts. Within one minute after this was done, the bank was on the phone telling me what they discovered at the same time I did. And, of course, I went to the bank and I had my account closed and I opened up a new account. 
But this is where we see banks are being proactive, at least some are, watching social networks for evidence that accounts are being compromised. But again, we're still in the same boat here. I won't know. Frankly, you wouldn't know if somebody's capturing your credit card information. What precautions can we take to prevent this? I've seen some of the antivirus companies are marketing that they're able to block this. How they're doing it, I have not looked into. I'm assuming that they're uh, registering certain domains that they've seen. And if a web traffic is trying to reach out to one of those domains, it's blocking it. Is there something the software can measure to see if this is happening? Or is it a matter of crowdsourcing that they know which sites are compromised and simply keep a database? I believe that there's just simply keeping a database, but I, I do not know for certain. I think about this, for example, because we're setting up a new online store for our other radio show, The Paracast. And I won't mention which dealer yet. But you have, for example, you have Cafe Press, you have Shopify. They have online shopping carts. And they give you pre-built software for handling transactions. We assume those places are careful enough to provide a safe buying experience for our customers because they're third parties. But we will never know unless we have a complaint or the company is proactive and says, you need to update something. Correct. And those are the danger of how a lot of the sites, especially the smaller sites, are getting infected with uh, the form jacking, is they, they, they depend on the third party card provider to do the due diligence of protecting themselves. And if they happen to get hacked and malicious software is pushed into their product, they might not know that they're infected and all of anybody who purchases from them is infected. So let's see, we just pick up the telephone and call. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's the funny side is I've noticed a lot of places, even if you pick up the telephone and call, they pull up the web page and enter your information. In. I've seen that with a couple of vendors. So basically, if you call, all they're doing is they're becoming a proxy for you. And they get your information, your credit card information, and they make the order using the same site you'd use and the same facilities you would use. Correct. Live and learn. Ah, Okay, so form grabbing, it's one of the dangers of online shopping. But you almost think here when you hear this kind of stuff, and I'm going to ask you about more of these threats, why should I shop online if I use a telephone it's the same thing. If I go to the store, well, the chip card, I use a chip card, for example. Can they grab that somehow? So I have seen uh, point-of-sale malware. It's a little more difficult to get on the systems unless uh, the vendor or the say you go to, again, let's just use Walmart. Somebody might have to get into their systems itself if they put something available to online that a remote attacker could get in. But there are point-of-sale malware out there that will, when you scan your card or use your chip, it reads the information off of it. Um, it will scrape memory looking for card data, your, the different tracks on the cards. Uh, certain point-of-sale malware will do different types of things. They'll search for different types of cards. They'll try and aggregate as much as possible that, that looks like card data and then send them off. Now, lest we forget... There's still stuff out there because of that Equifax hack of, what, a couple of years ago? <laughs> do hackers wait before they take advantage of that? I don't think they do it right away, right? I've seen both. I 
I've seen people that get compromised uh, information, PII, and they'll, they'll try and do to get rid of it as fast as possible before somebody else leaks it. Because I mean, a lot of this is for people. It's a it's a way of making money. First, to be able to make uh, this available is basically commerce. They make more. So sitting on something it might diminish the value of it. But there's also, from what I, I've seen, is there's a supply chain. The person who's actually stealing the cards is not really the person who ends up with them. They'll try to gather as many card or PII information as possible, and they'll sell it in bulk. And then somebody else will then turn around and try to profit from it. Whether it's getting your ATM numbers or credit card and going out and getting, um, buying purchases with it and shipping that, the physical items then somewhere else to sell to make money. There's a, a lot of different schemes and scams. But again, other than security software, there's no way to protect yourself. A lot of security software out there will keep monitoring the trends. A lot of them do monitor uh, some of the m more prevalent dark web pages, and they'll try to like they'll try to um, blacklist certain IP addresses or host names. Um, most of the time, when people find that a malicious host name is or that uh, host name is being used for malicious activities, they'll bring down those sites. So hopefully making somebody that's infected, it makes it safer because that piece of software now can't reach out to upload or send out the data. Granted, most of the malware um, is smart enough now to have like an update server, uh, the CNC or command and control. It will ping out, and if all of a sudden one of them goes away, it will try a different one. And normally they have a list of multiple IP or host names that they'll try. And as soon as they get one that's legit, they'll take, okay, give me more information. And it will actually end up pulling down a whole new list of new servers that the attacker brought up so they can update themselves on the fly. We'll get into more of this in a moment. Scott Nussbaum, he's with Trusted Sec. And as a security guru, we're finding out more and more about the online threats that we can confront especially during the holiday season where people are rushing to get their orders in and maybe they're not as proactive as they should be more to come on the tech night out live thank you for listening to gcn Visit GCNlive.com today. In these uncertain times, it makes sense to have a sustainable backup method to cook food and boil water. If your current plan includes using a fuel-burning stove or cooking over an open fire, then there's a much better way. The Miniman Rocket Stove is a biomass-burning cooking stove that only requires small quantities of sticks and twigs for fuel. The Miniman Stove is easy to use, smokeless, portable, powerful, and sustainable. For the finest in survival cooking stoves and fire starters made right here in the USA, go to MinutemanStove.com. That's MinutemanStove.com. Most of you know that heart disease is the number one silent killer in the U.S. What if I told you for just $54.95 a month you could fight against heart disease naturally? At Heart and Body Extract, we've been helping thousands of people get back to a healthier heart. Don't just take my word for it. Check out all of the success stories at hbextract.com or to order, call 866-295-5305. That's 866-295-5305. hbextract.com. Don't risk it when you can take charge of it. 
USA Radio News. Democrat Andrew Gillum concedes in Florida's governor's race to Republican Ron DeSantis. Meanwhile, in the Senate race, a hand recount has to be complete by noon Eastern time on Sunday. Members of a migrant caravan are starting to meet some local resistance as they continue to arrive by the hundreds in the Mexican border town of Tijuana. A group of residents clashed with the migrants that were camped out near the U.S. border fence. U.S. Customs and Border Protection Director of Field Operations Pete Flores joins Fox News to make some sense of this. The community in Mexico, is, in particular Tijuana, is worried about the actions being taken uh, by the caravan. What that action then translates to in regards to what we're prepared to do on our borders, in between the ports and at the ports, to ensure that the safety of our border and not be overrun by any masses coming at us. President Trump was in northern and Southern California touring some of the devastation from the fires. You're listening to USA Radio News. This is an urgent health notice for all residents suffering from back, neck, knee, and wrist pain. You may qualify for a pain-relieving brace at little or no cost to you, but the deadline is fast approaching. Simply call the Health Alert Hotline now. You heard right. You may qualify for a pain-relieving back, neck, knee, or wrist brace. These items may even be covered by Medicare or your private insurance. The Health Alert Hotline is your brace company. These specialized braces have been tested for pain relief. Call us toll-free right now to determine your eligibility and to learn how to use your private insurance or Medicare to minimize your out-of-pocket cost. Don't wait. If the deadline passes, you may lose your opportunity to get a pain-relieving back, neck, knee, or wrist brace at little or no cost to you. 800-296-1261. That's 800-296-1261. Individuals and businesses with tax problems, listen carefully. Do you feel like you're losing control over your finances? If you owe over $10,000 in back taxes or have unfiled tax returns, we can help you take back control. The IRS is the largest and most aggressive collection agency in the world, and they can seize your bank account, garnish your paycheck, close your business, and file criminal charges. Take control of your tax problems now by calling the experts at Tax Mediation Services and take advantage of the Fresh Start program and new laws that may allow us to negotiate a settlement for the lowest amount possible. Our team of tax attorneys and enrolled agents can stop collections and get you protected so you can take control of your financial future. Tax Mediation Services is accredited by the Better Business Bureau. Call now for a free case review and a price protection guaranteed quote. Call Tax Mediation Services now at 800-318-1251. That's 800-318-1251. Live with Gene Steinberg, it's the Tech Night Owl, because you never know what's going to happen next. Now, I'm going to ask you another question here in terms of protection. Now, in recent weeks, my wife and I, being between homes, have been staying at a motel until our next place is ready. And, of course, we're using the facility's Wi-Fi system. I'm assuming here that that makes us more and more susceptible to problems because we have no control over that service. What do we do? Um, What I do whenever I need to travel and I'm using a hotel Wi-Fi or public Wi-Fi, I use a VPN. For me, it's back into my house. 
um, which will basically give me an encrypted channel back into my house. So all internet traffic is routed through my house. Nobody at the coffee shop or wherever I'm at is able to actually see my traffic. Then I'll do this through like multi-factor authentication. So if somebody happens to be able to break at least the handshake of my my VPN or they try to replay an attack to get access to my VPN, it will then alert me that I'm trying somebody's trying to log in and I can just reject the connection. Now just to be clear about that, it's a good idea. But remember a VPN system is gonna have bandwidth limitations. You're gonna have to pay for anything that requires heavy duty use, right? So there are online options uh, that you do pay for like bandwidth or I think connections. The one I actually use is I have a Raspberry Pi. I think it's like a $30 small miniature computer that I just installed um, open source software on. And then I use uh, like a duo for my um, multifactorial authentication, which was free for home use. So for me, it's not costing anything. But there is a little bit more of a pain with uh, setting it up and configuring. So is it better here, if you're placed in that situation, if somebody has to use the hotel's Wi-Fi and doesn't want to spend a lot of money or can do configuration just to put in security software? So what will normally happen when somebody is trying to uh, attack through that avenue is they'll normally install like a, a man in the middle. So with like, especially with Wi-Fi, everything's in the air. Anybody who has a, an antenna can access all, this, all the data coming back and forth. So they'll do something called a man in the middle where all traffic will end up being routed through the attacker so that they can actually just record everything that you've sent to the internet. A lot of them will try to strip any type of um, SSL or your HTTPS traffic. They'll give you a fake cert. And a lot of times they'll try to sign them so that you don't get that little message saying this is an untrusted site so that you feel confident. Um, what I've seen in the past with a couple of our clients has been they'll join like a public Wi-Fi. They'll make a request for like to get to office. Um, your O365, uh, somebody will man in the middle of that request and redirect it to a server that they own. And then that server, when it comes up, looks exactly like Office 365's login page. You'll enter your credentials, and now they have a copy of it. Well, the other way is to go into the store and make sure you know everybody in the store so they don't steal your money. And give them an IOU or a check. I don't know. There seems to be nothing here. What about if you use, and I know Amazon does this now, if you use your check account, your checking account, to make the purchase, so it sends the electronic check payment information to your bank, is that compromised the same way you're entering your routing number and you're entering the account number? They can collect it, all of that same information, how they plan about using it. Uh, they're very creative. I prefer to try to put as little information out as I can. We have form grabbing. We have all the techniques that online criminals are using to get your information and to make your Black Friday, Cyber Monday experience as harmful as possible. Is there a percentage, though, of what percentage of online shoppers get impacted by this? I, I believe it changes every year um, i believe the trend is up more and more 
people are getting compromised because it's similar to like we talked about earlier. More and more of the online vendors are using third-party software, and it's just one of those uh, that has major market share gets compromised. Then a lot more sites are vulnerable. Does it make sense for a small company to partner, say, with an Amazon or an eBay, become like an affiliate or something, rather than build their own because they would be more susceptible to this? So, and I mean, that's where part of the, the issue is coming is most of the small companies, they, they don't have the IT or they don't have the development background to create their own. So they're purchasing it from somebody that they believe is trustworthy. Um, with that site being, with that vendor not knowing themselves that they've been compromised, it, it could happen to an Amazon or an eBay. I don't know, if, I believe, I don't know if they develop their stuff in-house. I don't know what their uh, QA practices are. Um, if they have quality assurance on the actual go live product where they know what they're expecting to see and they have tools that will basically go to their own site, fill in their own um, form information and determine if any extraneous uh, connections were made. I, that's one way they could possibly try to detect this. Um, the truth is that they own the software, so they should be able to do a diff between what's expected and what's being published. But unfortunately, with JavaScript, it's not executed on the server side. It's executed on the client. So the person at home is the one that's actually executing it. So the outbound connections are coming from the user and not from like the Amazons. Well, there's not much hope. Now... If I'm running a small business, I'm going online, would it pay, for example, hiring an outside expert to come and look at my setup to see if it's possibly being infected? It doesn't hurt. It's actually probably pretty helpful to have somebody come in and do a, a web application penetration test. Um, a lot of times they'll come in and they'll point out like the different things that you're doing if you're configuring your site wrong, if they're noticing things like the a form jacking. Or are you susceptible to cross-site scripting, which will allow to execute code on the client side? Um, they normally will be able to come through and at least point those out. Or if you're misconfiguring uh, your web page or your database, that somebody can get access to those. Now, of course, we're in a situation here where the cyber bullies, the online hackers, the online criminals, they're basically competing with different companies to crack your software. So the companies like an Apple, for example, with iOS or Google with Android, they'll find newer ways to protect users, but then the hackers get in there and they figure out ways to do it. And they have these black hat, white hat conferences where they're able to show off their new discoveries. It seems like you never win. So a lot of the, like the Black Hat in Vegas each year, those conferences, they're not normally meant for like the bad guys to show off. They're normally meant for the good guys who are seeing bad things to let other people know what they're seeing. So that more people are, have the knowledge, more people know what to look for, what are the current trends, uh, so that things can be stopped. Um, some of the issues that come up with companies is there might not be as big of an uh, 
an IT budget or a security budget until after they get compromised. Well, that's, of course, closing the barn door, et cetera, et cetera. Yeah. Let, why don't let our listeners know we have something called Tech Night Owl Plus. Go to plus.technightowl.com to learn more. What we offer is a special version of the show that's free of the network ads. So it just continues without any interruptions other than the buffer music. And we give you better quality audio, all for a low price, starting at $1.49 a week. For more information, go to plus.technightowl.com, plus.technightowl.com. Scott and Gene coming back for more on the Tech Night Owl Live. Thank you for listening to GCN. Visit GCNlive.com today. Do you need a website? Well, you can get a great deal on hosting services with Namecheap's legendary coupon code. They're offering substantial hosting discounts on shared hosting, business hosting, VPS hosting, reseller hosting, and even dedicated servers. Namecheap is preferred by millions. It's backed by a money-back guarantee. Use the coupon code LEGENDARY to cash in on the special deal at Namecheap.com, Namecheap.com. First came Attack of the Rockoids, and it was a critically acclaimed success. And now there's The Coming of the Protectors. A former military intelligence man is contacted by a space woman in a dream. A dream that turns out to be a nightmare, because evil forces on our distant planet are planning to conquer the Earth. This is gripping science fiction of the classic kind. Attack of the Rockoids and The Coming of the Protectors. Find out more at rockoids.com. That's rockoids, R-O-C-K-O-I-D-S, dot com. Looking for that edge during those intimate moments? We see many ads for enhancement, but the side effects include death. At GCN Team, we should change the Healthy Body Brain and Heart Pack to the Healthy Libido Pack. The brain and heart are not the only organs that require a healthy vascular system. For proper blood flow at the right moment, go to GCNTeam.com or call 877-878-4203. That's 877-878-4203. That's 877-878-4203. Water is the single most important thing your body needs, so you want to be sure it's the purest for you and your family. For over 14 years, thousands have depended on Berkey Clean Water. The Berkey Guy has you covered at home, work, and on the go with water filtration systems of every size for every budget. Now, GCN listeners receive 10% off ceramic filter systems using code GCN at GoBerkey.com or call 877-886-3653. GoBerkey.com. This is George Dory from Coast to Coast AM and History Channel's Ancient Aliens. We support the amazing energy, nutrition, and skincare products from Jeunesse. Jeunesse products are designed by leading doctors in their field with natural ingredients and even stem cell technology. These products help your body perform and look better. Shop Jeunesse at GCNLife.com or call 1-844-443-6637. GCNLife.com or 844-443-6637. Have you checked your Google search results lately? Search results are usually the first impression that people form of you or your business. So make sure that they create a positive impression with ReputationDefender.com. What the Internet says about you can have a big impact on your life and your livelihood, even if it's not true. Fortunately, you can now control how you look online and in online search results with ReputationDefender.com. Call 800-831-0771 now. That's 800-831-0771 for your free reputation. 
documentation analysis. If you have negative material from an ex-employee, upset patient, or former client, newspaper article, legal issue, social media, or other source showing up in your search results, you can combat it with ReputationDefender.com. Our dedicated experts in patented technology can help make your online search results look their best. Call 800-831-0771 to learn more. 800-831-0771. That's 800-831-0771. Or visit ReputationDefender.com. Has your body ever gone low blood sugar feeling weak, shaky, knowing you better eat something fast? We all know high blood sugar can lead to many metabolic problems. At GCNteam.com, we have a healthy blood sugar pack. Focusing on the structure and function of stable blood sugar. Find us at GCNteam.com or call 877-878-4203. Nothing feels worse than unstable blood sugar. Call 877-878-4203. That's 877-878-4203. know what's going to happen next? Well, here's the Tech Night Owl, live with Gene Steinberg. So we've been covering different kinds of online threats to your safety and security especially during the holiday season, other than form grabbing or somebody getting control of your computer and grabbing the keystrokes, what other dangers should we look for in dealing with online commerce? This time of year is really, really prevalent for just phishing attacks, old school um, social engineering. Because so many people are either scrambling to get that perfect present, uh, they might be talked into or tricked into giving away more information they thought they were. Like a phishing attacks will be a great uh, price for us, like a popular toy for your kids. And you just need to fill out this online survey. And when you go there, you accidentally install malicious software or they, again, steal your credit card information. There's a bunch of different attacks this time of year. And most people, they're a little less wary just because they're trying to get everything done in such a short period of time. What I see here is legitimate sites, ones that have been around for a while. You place your order, and then they pop up some screen where they ask you to answer some questions. And isn't that a way to cause trouble? If you actually have compromised, or again, if they went to a third-party vendor to provide that, and a lot of those, again, are done through JavaScript, which if the third-party vendor has some of this uh, form jacking installed, or... If uh, a malicious attacker compromised the site and injected their own JavaScript into that section. So as soon as that popped up, their script gets kicked off and they begin the infection. What I routinely do when I get those questionnaires is ignore them. They'll offer things like you could win a free gift certificate, get a free magazine subscription, etc., etc. I don't want to bother. I don't think anybody should bother with that stuff. But even if you say a legitimate company can have that problem, can subscribe to a service or order some kind of third-party application isn't it better to just let it be so the funny thing about some of those i have seen malicious sites where they attach their software to get kicked off on the close of a text box like that so even if you didn't fill anything in you hit the x that's launching the software there's no hope is there the number of sites that are compromised are still pretty much i think significantly less than the number that are out there. 
And a lot of the numbers that you see online, they're global. They're not just U.S.-based. So they, they seem extremely large. But it's difficult to tell whether or not the site you're going to is infected or not. And like I said earlier, there are like antivirus companies that claim they prevent when like they click, uh, the form jacking happens. If it cuts down even like, say, 20, 30, 40%, of the number of sites out there, that's better than not having any. What bothered me here is the worry that with the fact that one of my bank accounts got compromised, whether the bank itself can be compromised. I'll give you an example. Every so often, and you know this, use a debit card and the bank sees series of transactions, they call or text you to verify it. Did you make this transaction to thus and so? Did you do this normal course of due diligence. Now I have it set up with my iPhone where my bank sends me text every time I do a transaction. So this morning they send one saying, we see possible suspicious activity. This is in the same account used to send me the updates. It looks just like all the other updates. But when you dial the number to call, that number doesn't exist. And the bank confirmed it doesn't exist. And the bank has no idea why that number was put there. So I'm wondering here, Is it possible hackers compromised the system from that bank that sends out these text message updates? It's either that or they're trying to spoof it themselves, where they've created their own message that just resembles that of the banks and hope that you'll click on a link or you'll call them. Right, but in this case, it was the same account because I'm getting daily text messages when I use that bank card. And in the same message account window, above the most recent transaction, is this suggestion to call to verify possible suspicious activity. So I know there is software out there and there are tools out there that will allow you to spoof phone numbers. So when it comes into you, it will uh, categorize it based on the phone number. So if they use a legitimate number that's normally sent out for the text messages, it will end up in that same pool. Just to play around with the same software, I have texted and uh, called my family members with their own numbers just to confuse them. So it, most of the phones don't actually check to see where it really is coming from. You can you enter that that information in when the call is being created. So this is getting crazy and crazy. But when you talk about phone calls, what I see now in terms of telemarketing. What they'll do is they'll call from a similar number. So you say your number begins with a 555 like they do on TV. You know, everybody is 555-1515 or something. Fake TV numbers. All right. So we get calls. Quite often that call is going to come from the same exchange or exchange close to the one you use. Therefore, because you're familiar with it, you'll accept that call as being possibly legitimate. But when you get the actual call, you realize it's a phony. And this is part of the real problem in terms of fake phone calls, too, is the fact that it's very common now, even if you are on the do not call registry, to get calls anyway. Nothing works. And the other note on that is uh, I've actually called them back with the number, calling back the number that they called me. And I've received, I've actually got personal accounts that people are not part of the scam. Uh, the one time I tried it, I had an elderly gentleman answer the phone. He, would, he had no idea why I was calling him back. I got that one time. Somebody calls me 
And they said, why did you call me? And I said, I never heard of you. I'm not familiar with you. Well, I got a call from your number. And I explained, well, somebody's spoofing it. It's very easy to spoof the caller ID. Why isn't caller ID secure? Because as you say, it's, it's very easy to match someone's number or come up with a similar number. And even legitimate companies pull this stunt. I've caught them doing it for marketing purposes. It, I, I actually haven't looked too deeply into how it works. I've just played with a software that will allow me to do it. I know uh, there's a few, there's a couple gentlemen at TrustSec who will they spend hours just working on this type of information or how does this work and actually trying to determine like who is calling where he tries to get numbers back into them so he can determine who is actually calling. But I know like the caller ID as far as the, the, on the end user side in between the rings, they send a little bit of information that will just say, what is the name and what is the phone number? And I believe it's just taking those off a blind trust from whoever's providers sending that information. So nobody cares. There's no way to verify the system. And that helps the people who are placing the fake calls, the telemarketing calls. Not that there isn't legitimate telemarketing, of course, but the ones who send the fake calls take advantage of it. Yeah, and, and the feature like, that you have on your phone of block this number doesn't really help because it's they're just going to call back with a different number. And you might actually be legitimately call, blocking somebody's number, like, like an end user or a, tr- a true person's number. So maybe, you know, as I said, they may have to redesign the caller ID system to be more complicated to do some kind of preliminary verification. Wouldn't that really slow down calls? quite a bit if they did that i don't know if it would slow down calls but the money investment into actually redesigning the system especially one in this much in use might lead either issues to new create new issues that would be exploited or just it'd be an extremely expensive endeavor that they'd have to everyone would have to conform to the same uh requirements or guidelines now there are some of the third-party phone calls, VoIP, that allow you to even change your caller ID. If you want, they have to go through a process. Now, a little bit later on the Tech Night Out Live, we'll be hearing from Peter Cohen, outspoken commentator and podcaster. And this is an encore presentation of one of his most fascinating episodes where he talks about the right to repair. What that means is, do you have to depend on the Apple Store as a place to get your Apple gear fixed or a third-party store? Or can you depend on a non-authorized store to do the job for you? We've got a couple of more segments, a little more time to spend with Scott Nussbaum, a trusted sec. And we're trying to protect you, folks. More to come on the Tech Night Out Live. listening to GCN. Visit GCNlive.com today. Attack of the Rockoids has been well received by critics and readers alike. It's a thrill a minute story you'll never forget. 
A former U.S. military intelligence officer is haunted by intense dreams about a beautiful woman pleading for his help after a terrible battle in outer space. But the dreams turn out to be true and thrust him into a telepathic love affair with a woman whose faraway planet is intent on destroying the Earth. And now the gripping tale continues in The Coming of the Protectors. It's the second book of the Rockoids trilogy, a galaxy-spanning adventure that pits our hapless heroes against powerful, fanatical enemies that threaten the lives of freedom-loving beings everywhere. Attack of the Rockoids and The Coming of the Protectors, classic science fiction at its best, available now. For more details, visit rockoids.com. That's R-O-C-K-O-I-D-S dot com. Do the letters IRS give you anxiety? I'm Dan Pilla. I've defended people from the IRS for more than 40 years. My book, How to Get Tax Amnesty, created the tax resolution industry and is responsible for helping hundreds of thousands of people. It can help you, too. If you're a non-filer or facing IRS enforcement right now, your case is unique. You need real help, not cookie-cutter advice. My clients get my personal attention. Buy my book at danpilla.com and get a free consultation directly with me. That's danpilla.com. Let's start solving your tax problem right now. Hunters, anglers, campers, and survivalists, get back to nature. Expand your horizons with the highest quality, most versatile, unique slingshots and slingbows on the market at slingbow.com. Slingbow products are compact and models start from just $17.98. They're perfect for your bug out bag or storing in your vehicle. Give yourself and your loved ones the excitement and tradition of Slingbow, a new frontier in archery and truly modern twist on this primitive survival tool. Feel the thrill only at slingbow.com. Welcome back to the Tech Night Owl Live, where you never know what's going to happen next. And now, here's Gene Steinberg. Anything else with regard to online shopping that we should watch out for? Any more specific holiday threats? Most things come back to like a fishing or again, like the uh, form grabbing. If you see an email coming from somebody you're not exactly sure of offering a very large discount, what I normally end up doing is I'll try to, I'll go out and I'll end up Googling whether or not it's a legitimate a site. Because by the time you receive it, most likely somebody else has received it as well. So I'll end up doing a little research on the emails. I never click a link inside my email. I'll look at the source URL that it's providing me that that it wants me to go to. And if I do visit it, I'll visit it in a different browser. I won't click on the link because sometimes what they show you is not exactly where you're going or you'll be redirected. You see, Um, that's that's the trick too. because. What we used to do here is you'd look at the link, you'd hover, or you'd mouse over the link to see what it's going to. But quite often here, the link is going to be something very complicated with lots of extra characters because it's sending you to, allegedly, the company site to grab your information. But if they can spoof that, you have no idea what you're going to. You might as well go to the site. This is why I did, by the way, when I got this suspicious-looking message about suspicious transactions 
I contacted the bank. They took me to the fraud department. They actually did verify a couple of transactions. And then I gave them the number and they tested it and they couldn't get through either. But they said they'd report it and see what happens. But I don't know how you can trust anyone. If they can do this with your bank, when it sends you text messages, what's next? Yeah, um, the last time that happened to me, I went ahead and looked up a customer service number for the bank or my credit card. And again, I did similar to what you did as I called them and said, hey, I've got a notice saying that malicious activities happened on this card. Did it really happen? I normally will never trust the messages that I get in. I, I will verify them through other means. And this is true also when you're doing a lot of transactions on the holidays. Does it make more sense then to concentrate on a small number of reliable dealers, which is not fair to the online vendors that don't have a large presence, but for the sake of the customer, for the sake of the listener to this show, anyone else, isn't it better to just go to some place they know is respectable and responsible rather than try the, the new vendor who may have an intriguing product and an intriguing price? I don't think that would matter as much in the form that the large online presence is going to try to attract a lot more attention from attackers. But then they also have the budget to try to protect you against them. The small mom and pop store that's decided to have an online business, they might be too small to attract a lot of attention. Um, They might be hit with something that was like, an automated search engine if they didn't keep their software up to date. So there's pros and cons to both sides. And unfortunately, there's not a good answer of you should do this rather than this. It's with the the prevalence of the uh, form jacking, not even the, the site themselves know that they are compromised until after the fact. The other fraud thing we get, especially around tax season or any time, is someone claims to be the IRS. And the calls I've gotten, they say, call this number. They give you a number to call. This is the IRS. We're trying to reach you a serious problem with your taxes. You call that number, you're going to get somebody who is a fake. Or this is Microsoft support. Your Windows license has expired. You need to call this number. Now, number one, I'm a Mac user. I have Windows running in a virtual machine. How would they know what my phone number is? Because it's not registered with Microsoft. I have a business phone number. So I know it's a fake. And when I get an actual physical call, I tell the person only a fool uses Windows and they hang up. I prefer not to hang up when I know it's a fake. I prefer to drive them crazy because they drove me crazy. They basically interrupted my business or whatever, or my pleasure. They interrupted me. And therefore, they deserve to suffer for it in some way. And so I drive them nuts. Or you can take them through it. Some people will just take them through it and say, what do I do next? Oh, I don't know. I have my computer on now. You just drive them crazy. I I have done the same thing. I've actually been in the car driving and I I would play computer ignorant. I would act like I didn't know where the start menu was. And I would just drag it out to see how long I could keep them on the call. Well, obviously, what's a start menu? I have something called a dock. Is that what you mean? Is that the start menu? Oh, um, uh, what, what do you say? A browser? What's a browser? You know, a browser, you mean you want me to fix my eyebrows or something? 
Yeah. But you know, there are people who fall for that. I've had incidents where um, people have found for the, uh, they were browsing websites and they got a message pop up, said you, your system was scanned and has been determined to have viruses. Contact us at this number so we can clean this up for you. And the people would call. Um, then they would download software to open, they get remote help. And they would actually pay for the service as well, as long on top of giving them access to their machine. The one I think I saw was I just shy of $200 to have the person come in and uh, correct the issue on their PC. And the actual funny side of that was I went through the whole hard drive and there was no malicious activity. The person who came in did legitimately try to fix the machine. But there was nothing originally wrong with it. So they scanned them out of $200. I have a friend or a former friend who was a Mac user a long time. And he had a problem and he got a call from one of these places. And he went through a whole thing with them, paid them over $300 to fix his computer. Now, his computer is a Mac Mini, which cost him $499 when he bought it. So he paid more than half the cost of his computer to fix a problem that was virtually non-existent or very simple to fix. And I guess someone claimed they fixed something, and he says computer worked okay now. Probably he never had a problem, but they did make an effort to log into his computer. But remember, even Apple will do that. You call Apple, you call Microsoft, they need to diagnose your computer. They will ask for permission to access the computer using special software to log in to see what's going on. That's a legitimate way to troubleshoot. What happens, of course, is if you're dealing with some crooks, they'll also use that to grab information from it. So, you know, they're just going to mimic the real person. I can't believe this person fell for it, though. He's been using Macs for 25 years. And I really gave it to him. I said, how could you be so foolish? You know, worse comes to worse. I said, go to the Apple store. It's a 10-minute drive from his house, the Apple, near Apple store. Go to the Apple store, bring your computer, let them look it over. They'll fix it free if there's no hardware problem. Why pay somebody $300 plus? You wonder about people. The ease of not needing to leave the house. And a lot of people are scared because they're, uh, you don't know really what's happening inside your computer a lot of times. So people would just say, I, I don't want to deal with it. I just want it to work. And they take advantage of that. Yes. Now, in this particular case, as far as I could see, because I later had an opportunity to look at his computer, as far as I could see, they did nothing to harm him. They just jerked him around for a few hours and took his money. They didn't do anything. They just, you know, did things back and forth, checked things, that sort of thing. They ran up a bill. They didn't do anything harmful. At the same token... They could have done something harmful because if someone gains control of your computer, Mac or Windows or Linux, they could do all sorts of mischief. One more segment with Scott Nussbaum of Trusted Sec. I'm Gene Steinberg, and that means you're in the Tech Night How Live. (laughs) 
Attack of the Rockoids has been well received by critics and readers alike. It's a thrill-a-minute story you'll never forget. A former U.S. military intelligence officer is haunted by intense dreams about a beautiful woman pleading for his help after a terrible battle in outer space. But the dreams turn out to be true and thrust him into a telepathic love affair with a woman whose faraway planet is intent on destroying the Earth. And now the gripping tale continues in The Coming of the Protectors. It's the second book of the Rockoids trilogy, a galaxy-spanning adventure that pits our hapless heroes against powerful, fanatical enemies that threaten the lives of freedom-loving beings everywhere. Attack of the Rockoids and The Coming of the Protectors, classic science fiction at its best, available now. For more details, visit rockoids.com. That's R-O-C-K-O-I-D-S dot com. Trading involves financial risk and is not suitable for all investors. Marijuana has unleashed a green gold rush across our nation. It's creating $10.8 billion in new wealth a year. And every day, it's transforming more and more Americans into millionaires. Former Speaker of the House John Boehner reveals how you could become one of them. Join him online for the American Cannabis Summit. Attendance is 100% free, but space is limited. Join online at www.acs2018.com. John Boehner and an esteemed panel will reveal which cannabis stocks are primed to deliver life-changing windfalls. Plus, they will show you how to become a cannabis angel investor, backing the hottest startups before they potentially become worth billions of dollars. To join the American Cannabis Summit, visit acs2018.com or text JOIN to 76280. Don't miss this once-in-a-lifetime opportunity. Text JOIN to 76280. Text JOIN to 76280 now. Do you feel like many of us? All the distractions in the world taking our minds and focus off what really needs to get done day to day? Well, Jeunesse has a dietary supplement called Mind to help with mental distraction and it supports memory function. Go to GCNLife.com now to check it out. You're only at your best when your mind is at its best. Go to GCNLife.com or call toll free 844-443-6637. That's GCNLife.com or 844-443-6637. Have you checked your Google search results lately? Search results are usually the first impression that people form of you or your business. So make sure that they create a positive impression with ReputationDefender.com. What the Internet says about you can have a big impact on your life and your livelihood, even if it's not true. Fortunately, you can now control how you look online and in online search results with ReputationDefender.com. Call 800-831-0771 now. That's 800-831-0771 for your free reputation analysis. If you have negative material from an ex-employee, upset patient, or former client, newspaper article, legal issue, social media, or other source showing up in your search results, you can combat it with ReputationDefender.com. Our dedicated experts in patented technology can help make your online search results look their best. Call 800-831-0771 to learn more. 800-831-0771. That's 800-831-0771. Or visit ReputationDefender.com. Hi, I'm Dan Pilla. I started fighting the IRS over 40 years ago when they tried to seize my mother's house. I sued the IRS and won. I beat the IRS then, and I've been beating them ever since. I wrote the book on tax debt settlement, and I've helped thousands of people deal with tax problems they thought might never be solved. I can help you too. If you owe taxes you can't pay, don't wait another day. There's no such thing as a hopeless tax case. Call 800-34-NO-TAX or go to my website, danpilla.com. That's danpilla.com, danpilla.com. 
We'd like to hear from you. If you have any thoughts or comments about the Tech Night Owl Live, please get in touch at news at technightowl.com. That's news at technightowl.com. Looking for past episodes? We've got hundreds at technightowl.com slash radio. That's technightowl.com slash radio. Or subscribe on iTunes. Google Plus, the poor man's Facebook, going bye-bye. I guess this comes in the wake of some major security intrusion that Google didn't bother telling us about. What's your take? Yeah, uh, Google, you know, they have a long history of releasing or announcing products. And one could say not necessarily giving it a ton of support. And Microsoft has had this problem too. They're accused the same with Windows Phone that they didn't give enough support, which I agree with. And Google Plus was always kind of a weird thing. But to their credit, doing social networks and creating a social network and having one that's successful is super hard. No one's figured out exactly how to do it. Apple tried with Ping too, and that didn't work out very well. So this idea of like trying new ideas, I think companies should always feel free to experiment with new concepts not be afraid to put that out there. And a lot of them do put it out there. It either succeeds or it doesn't. And sometimes they don't give necessarily enough of a push where perhaps that extra effort would have you know, changed things. But a lot of times they like to see, does it catch on? And Google Plus, if you think about it, was tied to your Google account and it was tied to Gmail. It had sort of every reason to succeed and yet still didn't. Uh, yet I know a lot of people who did use it. I heard a lot of arguments of people say that the benefit of Google Plus, you tended to have more serious discussions with people with well thought out responses. There was less trolling, less just garbage comments I you'd find on like YouTube or even Twitter. And so you can engage in actual serious discussions with people. But that's always sort of a niche thing too. A lot of people do like to just have simple comments and nothing more complicated. I think Google does suffer from this problem of trying a lot of stuff, whether it's even in Android or if it's just on through their own Gmail system, you know, they're just retiring inbox again. So, you know, this is their thing, but social networks are really hard to dethrone and Google plus hasn't been a player for the last couple of years. What makes this situation, you know, you mentioned was worse is the fact that they're just getting rid of it just because of a huge security flaw that happened like apparently three years ago and up to 500,000 people's data was possibly compromised. You know, this goes into this, I have fundamental issues with Google's business model, which is selling data, collecting data, using for advertising. Microsoft doesn't do that. I would say Microsoft's not quite as uh, tight as Apple, who controls almost all their own internal stuff. But Microsoft is definitely way closer to Apple than Google. And so that's important to consider if you're interested in data. On the other hand, consumers haven't really necessarily flinched that much, even in the news of Facebook and this stuff with Google and these security breaches and knowing their data is being you know, sold. People are like, oh, that's terrible. And then they still go buy an Android phone. So I don't know. We're living in strange times when it comes to this stuff. But um, yeah, it's end of an era with Google Plus, but we've all saw it coming. So, Well, it's not the only social network to disappear, but this has been a problem with Google. They bring up something, as you say, they may not test it so well. It doesn't really take off and it kind of disappears and like Google Glass, except Gmail is still around. Android is still around. And I wonder here with Android, it's the number one mobile operating system. Microsoft would have loved to have been there. Yep. They're not making a lot of money from Android. Maybe they're making money from the sale of software. 
through the Google Play Store, they're cut. They're not making a lot of money. I wonder if they're not making more money from being the default browser on Macs and smartphones from Apple. Sure. Yeah, all their money comes from search as well as, yeah, the store and everything. Everybody knows Android's technically given away for free. There's no licensing fee. It's one reason why that Windows Phone faced an uphill battle. They, Microsoft charged for a Windows Phone license, which was a really bad idea. Ironically, also, Microsoft collects a lot of royalties from Android because the system uses a lot of their own IP. And so every Android sale goes a little bit towards Microsoft, too, which is pretty funny. But Google's model here for selling Android is, uh, you know, it is questionable. It worked, though, in the sense that it is the most popular operating system out there. Yeah, I still feel uncomfortable sometimes using it, and especially with all the data that they collect and everything they monitor. It's the trade-off between convenience and being wowed. You know, my phone tells me when I need to go home and if there's traffic on the way, which is pretty nice, versus the fact that Google always knows where I am and is recording my travel history. That's a trade-off we have to decide with. Some companies, I think, do it better. Uh, Microsoft, I think, is a little bit more upfront. They luckily have so far not this year had any security breaches akin to Facebook or Google. Of course, that could change at any moment as well. But is this a lesson here? Of course, it's not that Facebook isn't having problems. I mean, they're they're being sued by some country for over a billion dollars. They're having their own issues. Yeah, uh, Facebook is, I think, super interesting because up to, you know, two years ago, they were seen as unstoppable. And I think anyone who's followed tech long enough knows that nothing is a sure bet uh, and that things change rapidly. And you're seeing Facebook drop off significantly amongst the, the younger crowd. A lot of older people now use Facebook, which is the exact opposite of where it started, its roots. Uh, and the way that shifted, I don't use Facebook and I have no interest in it. Um, that's not to say that social networks don't play a valuable part. I think humans have proven to be, uh, I call them psychotically social. The first thing they want to do with any kind of technology is learn how to communicate and share things. And so we've shown we can do that. But Nothing is written in stone in tech. I laughed off the iPhone when it first came out because it didn't have a keyboard, nor did it run apps. I think a lot of people forgot. Uh, original iPhone did not have apps. It was all web-based. They did change that, but they had the last laugh. Ultimately, as the iPhone became the, the sort of quintessential representation of what a smartphone should be. And a lot of people didn't see all these changes come along in technology. I want to dismiss Facebook. They could still rebound, but I think they're starting to fade. The question, of course, is what comes next. And so far, we haven't really seen anything that's going to replace Facebook. We're just seeing people sort of spread out and jump to other platforms. And Facebook's putting a lot of money to Instagram uh, as an alternative, which, you know, it's unfortunate in a sense. I don't want to see Instagram get more Facebook-y, but uh, I think that's exactly what's going to happen. Well, I just wonder what's going to happen 10 years from now. Is there another possibility for a social network that supplants Facebook and makes it the MySpace? It could definitely happen in the next five years, I would say. But in 10 years out, technology is going to be so radically different. I find most predictions very difficult to make at this point when it comes to mobile tech. I concern myself about Twitter. It's already had a fall off quite a bit, except for one certain user who has gotten a lot of publicity for his tweets. Right. Yeah, but nothing's replaced Twitter either. The problem, I think, also with this industry is the fact that we look for eternal growth for these platforms where there does become a period where they just sort of level off. And that's actually okay. Back in the day, you could sell products that just leveled off and still made a profit, and we're okay with that. But now the way the stock market works is you need to consistently show each quarter you're growing. 
even though there's a finite amount of people out there who's going to use the product, this is gets into inherent flaws, I think, in capitalism and the way the markets are perceived, at least in the modern tech era, which uh, doesn't value actual capital as much as the potential for performance, which is a dramatic change, I would say, from early 20th century economics. Would you tell our listeners where they can find you? Sure thing. I'm always uh, available, ironically, on Twitter. <laughs> you can find me at Daniel underscore Rubino. That's R-U-B as in boy, I-N-O. I'm actually very responsive on there, so I do answer a lot of questions every day from users. So find me there. Otherwise, I'm on windowscentral.com and also on YouTube slash Windows Central. We have our channel there where we post a lot of reviews as well as essays and other videos as well. Daniel Rubino, thanks for joining us on the Tech Night Out Live. Thank you for having me. Thank you for listening to GCN. Be sure to visit GCNlive.com today. Most of you know that heart disease is the number one silent killer in the U.S. What if I told you for just $54.95 a month you could fight against heart disease naturally? At Heart and Body Extract, we've been helping thousands of people get back to a healthier heart. Don't just take my word for it. Check out all of the success stories at hbextract.com. Or to order, call 866-295-5305. That's 866-295-5305. hbextract.com. Don't risk it when you can take charge of it. Hunters, anglers, campers, and survivalists. Get back to nature. Expand your horizons with the highest quality, most versatile, unique slingshots and slingbows on the market at slingbow.com. Slingbow products are compact and models start from just $17.98. They're perfect for your bug out bag or storing in your vehicle. Give yourself and your loved ones the excitement and tradition of Slingbow. A new frontier in archery and truly modern twist on this primitive survival tool. Feel the thrill only at slingbow.com. USA Radio News. President Donald Trump on Saturday was in Northern California to see firsthand the grief and devastation from the deadliest U.S. wildfire in a century. Authorities confirmed at least 71 people are dead and many people are still missing as they had to evacuate their home. President Trump in California on Saturday. I know uh, Gavin's committed, we're all committed, I'm committed to make sure that we get all of this uh, cleaned out and protected. Take care of the floors, you know, the floors of the forest. Very important. Democrat Andrew Gillum officially conceded to Republican former Congressman Ron DeSantis in Florida's gubernatorial race as a recount of votes showed a margin Gillum was unlikely to close. WikiLeaks founder Julian Assange will not willingly travel to the United States to face charges filed under a seal against him. That's at least according to his attorney. Assange is currently in the Ecuadorian embassy in London. You're listening to USA Radio News. Balance of nature's fruits and veggies in a capsule. I was diagnosed with congestive heart failure. I went from being able to work 14, 16 hours a day with no problem to where I could barely walk a block to the store. I went on to the phytonutrients about six months ago, and within a couple of months, my medical doctor had cut my prescriptions down in a, a little bit smaller dosage. The next time I went back, a month later, I walked into the doctor's office and he says, my gosh, what's happened to you? You don't even look like the same person. He looked at my legs and the swelling had gone down. My blood pressure was down. The venous stasis ulcers that I had had on my legs for the last four or five years because of the poor circulation were all healed, and I'm feeling far better. 
When you call, use discount code USA. And we'll take 35% off your first month's order and ship it to you free. Call 800-246-8751. That's 1-800-246-8751. Or go online to balanceofnature.com and use discount code USA. Eating, working, living pain-free. These are things many of us take for granted. But for many adults with disabilities who are elderly or have serious medical issues, dental care is simply unaffordable. Dental Lifeline Network is looking for dentists who can change this. DLN is asking dentists and their teams to volunteer to just see one of the many patients in need. You can literally change a life. When you volunteer with DLN's donated dental services program to C1, you treat a pre-qualified patient in your office at your convenience. We handle the details so you can focus on the care. Lack of dental care can lead to the inability to have life-saving surgery, eat or contribute to our community. If you are a dentist or know a dentist, please share this message. Will you see one? Visit willyouseeone.org to help change one life in your community today. What's going to happen next? You never know when you're listening to the Tech Night Owl live with Gene Steinberg. So we're joined by Peter Cohen, and we're going to continue our discussion about a variety of tech topics. And one is based on a story I read the other day, but it's something that's been brewing for a long time. They introduced in California the California Right to Repair Act. And this impacts Apple and other companies, but it kind of basically says Apple can't force you to get your gear fixed at an Apple store or authorized dealer. Now, you work for an Apple dealer, an authorized one, right? Yeah, an, an independent uh, but Apple-authorized sales and service provider. What, what's known in the business as an ASP. Okay. I knew them well. It's something that bites you on the neck or something? No, I'm kidding. <laughs> yeah, I'm right. kidding. It, it sounded like that. Okay, so the key is here, and the example I cited earlier, we were talking with another guest, and that is... With any electronic gear, you'll see unofficial repair shops, like there's a concession over at a nearby Walmart. They'll fix cell phones. They'll fix notebook computers. And when my son was here from Spain last year, he thought about replacing the battery on his iPhone 5C, and they said it would be $39. And this is before we had the throttling issue, so Apple would charge 79 And the question, of course, we had then which is the usual question is, what guarantee is this going to work? What guarantee is there that this will work? And what is Apple going to think about it? So, I mean, let's unpack this a little bit. You know, in, in terms of right to repair, what exactly is is on the table here for for California and for, and for that matter, for other states that are considering right to repair um, laws? You know, it's not just electronics. It's cars. It's um, it's it's home appliances. It's 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 an increasing number of devices in your home or that you use every day that require very specialized technical training, very specialized parts, 
and very specialized processes in order to, to fix. And what's been happening over the course of the past 20, 30 years, especially in the, the automotive industry, is that manufacturers of these devices or of these products that we're using have figured out ways to increasingly specialize the componentry that, that gets used. So it's not something that a shade tree mechanic or a, a shade tree iPhone repair person can get their hands on very easily. Now, this isn't a real problem for a lot of folks who encounter typical issues with their devices. Case in point, iPhone. You want, you know, a battery for your iPhone or you want a new screen because you broke it. Um, or if, if uh, Touch ID suddenly stops working on your phone, you can actually go to the mall or you can go to an independent repair place and you can get that replaced. You can get it fixed using what are called gray market parts, you know, parts that don't come from Apple necessarily, but are designed to fit Apple products. That's legal. That's fine. Uh, but you're not covered under Apple's warranty. But, you know, unfortunately leaves out a lot of other stuff. You know, there's a lot of components inside my MacBook Pro, for example, that I can't get fixed outside of an Apple store. Or that if I can't find parts for, maybe they're used, maybe they've been scavenged from a device that was otherwise damaged, but they might be second quality, in other words. They might not be the same quality that I can expect from an Apple part. Same goes for brand new Toyotas, same goes for uh, brand new Fords and so on. Um, the, 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 the traditional folks who have who've worked on these things, or, or for that matter, new appliances like dishwashers and, and, uh, and refrigerators, people who work on these things can sometimes get parts for them depending on which parts break, but other parts might be very specialized and require you to go through an authorized service channel in order to get them fixed. If you're fixing your car, say you have to replace a bumper, Quite often, the insurance company will allow the replacement of non-OEM replacement parts. It's not the same thing, for example, as replacing the transmission, where you know, the Volkswagen is not going to be replaced by somebody else's transmission. But there are third-party replacement parts, like oil filters, sometimes some body parts, like doors and such, where, as I said, the insurance company may opt to use a supposed approved third-party replacement part. The problem, of course, with an Apple battery for your iPhone is there's only one source for a real Apple battery. I just can't go to the store and buy an Apple battery. I couldn't even go to the Apple store and buy it because they will replace it. They won't just sell me a battery. I can go to the car dealer, go to his parts department, and get a complete engine block if I want to hand him 15000 or whatever it costs because they'll sell it to me. Yeah, that's exactly right. So, you know, the 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 right to repair um, legislation that's being proposed in California, that's been proposed uh, elsewhere, uh, wants to make you know the 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 repair parts that um, uh, that you need to keep these devices going for just a little while longer um, uh, something that 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 are fair and accessible to everyone. So, you know, at, at its heart, it's it's consumer advocacy. And I, I'm fully in favor of it. I am a firm believer in using things for as long as you can reasonably use them, as long as it reasonably makes sense to. And that goes for my phone. I mean, you know, I've got a, a three and a half year old iPhone 6 that I don't see the need to replace. I did get the battery replaced on it. 
before the right on the cusp of the whole brouhaha with older iPhone batteries and iOS 11, but I did it anyway. Um, you know, I, I, I have a 10 year old uh, uh, TV that's working just fine that I see no need to replace. You know, we live in a disposable culture uh, where we're incented to consume. Um, and replace things at a really alarming pace. And, and that makes a lot of us who are concerned about sustainability and about the environment or who are just flat freaking broke, you know, th- it makes us crazy because, you know, I, I, I don't – I don't want to have to replace my my dishwasher or my my refrigerator every five years. You know, those were devices that or those were appliances that a generation ago were, you know, things that you got on your wedding day that lasted you until your kids were out of college. And, you know, being kind of a Yankee spendthrift at heart. I, I appreciate right to repair legislation, and I, I think that it's a good idea. And uh, I think that no manufacturer, whether it's Apple or um, Toyota or you know Sears for that matter, should force people to buy stuff um, if they can keep their old products going. The interesting thing, and I, I look at this from from two perspectives, right? There's the perspective of me as a consumer advocating for other consumers, thinking that this is important, and then there's the perspective of me as somebody who sold and and repaired these devices himself. And my perspective is the same, but for different reasons. Because you know, a lot of times when I Let's say somebody came into the store with a MacBook Pro. Uh, might be like a three or four year old machine, not a machine that Apple has declared. And I'm making air quotes as I'm saying this vintage. That's their euphemism for obsolete, as in we're no longer making parts for this anymore, which they do after about six or seven years, except in California and um, some foreign locations where they were required to go ten years or longer um, with those parts. But you know, when when somebody would come to me with an older MacBook Pro and say, you know, it's running slow, I, I, I don't it's out of warranty i, I want to get it updated i want to get it upgraded with newer parts that'll make it go faster back in the old days you know when you could do that to a macbook pro you can't do it now because all that stuff is integrated right on the motherboard and not easily replaceable but back then 2012 2013 um, before the retina macbooks came out before the new macbooks came out you could you know upgrade the memory from Two gigabytes of RAM to eight gigabytes of RAM. You could replace the uh, two and a half inch uh, hard disk drive with an SSD. And I would say probably about 70, maybe 80% of the time, I would sit down with them and I would say, okay, look, you spent $1,300 on this MacBook Pro when it was original. For my labor fee plus the cost of parts, I could update this to get this thing more current and to keep it alive another couple of years. Let's break here and we'll have more with Peter Cohen on the Tech Night Out Live. Thank you for listening to GCN. Be sure to visit GCNlive.com today. Do you need a website? Well, you can get a great deal on hosting services with Namecheap's legendary coupon code. They're offering substantial hosting discounts on shared hosting, business hosting, VPS hosting, reseller hosting, and even dedicated servers. Namecheap is preferred by millions. It's backed by a money-back guarantee. 
Use the coupon code LEGENDARY to cash in on this special deal at Namecheap.com, Namecheap.com. First came Attack of the Rockoids, and it was a critically acclaimed success. And now there is the coming of the Protectors. A former military intelligence man is contacted by a space woman in a dream. A dream that turns out to be a nightmare, because evil forces on our distant planet are planning to conquer the Earth. This is gripping science fiction of the classic kind. Attack of the Rockoids and the coming of the Protectors. Find out more at Rockoids.com. That's Rockoids, R-O-C-K-O-I-D-S, dot com. The United States of Empire is a book that claims the United States is the empire of the world. George Washington had warned us against foreign wars. The United States of Empire shows that World Wars I and II left England broken. Its former colony, the U.S., had to save the empire. Was there ever a vote? Who do we fight for? The deep state began with World War I. The United States of Empire by James Dunn. Available at Amazon Books. Water is the single most important thing your body needs, so you want to be sure it's the purest for you and your family. For over 14 years, thousands have depended on Berkey Clean Water. The Berkey Guy has you covered at home, work, and on the go with water filtration systems of every size for every budget. Now, GCN listeners receive 10% off ceramic filter systems using code GCN at GoBerkey.com or call 877-886-3653. GoBerkey.com. Anytime, any place, anywhere, radio remains the most intimate of all forms of media. At home, at work, in the car, on smartphones. Over 90% of consumers still listen to radio every week. That makes choosing radio as a place to advertise your business one of the best decisions you can make. Email advertise at GCNlive.com and partner up with an experienced GCN representative. Advertise at GCNlive.com. Easy, affordable, effective. Attention business owners and independent contractors. This is a money-saving message from Tax Mediation Services. If your business owes $20,000 or more in taxes, we can help you today, right now. Listen, dealing with the IRS is no picnic. It's an intimidating and extremely stressful process, and you don't want to go it alone. Our attorneys know every law, every tax break, and every possible opportunity to help you resolve and reduce your tax debt. And if you owe more than $20,000, you may be at the top of their hit list. So don't take your tax debt lightly because it will not go away on its own. The IRS can seize your bank accounts, your home, and even shut down your business. Call our tax experts today at 1-800-318-4349 and let us deal with the IRS while you focus on your business. That's 1-800-318-4349. Again, that's 800-318-4349. By now you know that wireless technology like cell phones do in fact pose dangers to the health and privacy of everyone. Blockit Pocket's wide range of products are unmatched in providing the protection you deserve. No scare tactics, just common sense. BlockitPocket.com offers quality American-made options to alleviate and eliminate these invisible dangers. Learn more at BlockitPocket.com or call 888-315-9618. BlockitPocket.com, enhancing health and privacy. What are you listening to? The Tech Night Isle Live with Gene Steinberg. What's going to happen next? You never know.
So Peter Cohen confronts or talks to somebody as someone who works for an Apple authorized dealership, an ASP, a little tiny reptilian character. And I don't know why I started that, but I'll continue with it. Asps and apples, man. It's a story as old as Genesis. We have a 2010 MacBook Pro here, and I'm his customer probably. I replaced, I did myself. I replaced the SSD. I replaced the drive with an SSD, 500 gigabyte SSD. I increased memory to eight gigabytes. And I did it myself. So whatever the cost of those parts were, you know, it wasn't anything very expensive for a computer that cost, what, a couple of grand or so when I bought it. You're kind of an outlier because a lot of people are not comfortable cracking open um, their device, no matter how easy it might be, no matter how many walkthroughs there are online. That's just beyond the comfort level of most consumers. And this is the point that Apple makes about, well, you know, why have you gotten so specialized with these parts? Why, why is it impossible for me to repair my own gear anymore? Their answer to that is because the vast majority of our customers never open anything, never replace anything. So it's not really important to our customers um, to be able to upgrade their stuff. And, you, you know, somebody's always raising their hand going, well, it's important to me. Well, okay, but you are a drop in the bucket compared to the other millions of people buying these things. Anyway. Now, there's another question, point- too, I have here. Okay, say of a 1,000, every 1,000 MacBook Pro customers, five want to replace Edward Ram. The rest don't really care. Now, that five... What does it cost Apple to provide that feature for those five people out of 100? Do you sacrifice reliability? What do you sacrifice to give it up? So it's like we're doing something for the vast, vast majority of customers. But then going back to the old days, you're talking to somebody, and I realize that I'm not your target user. I just care about the parts because a lot of the things that people can do on their somewhat older Macs I will do myself. But to replace like a battery even on a 2010 MacBook Pro or 2011, they have these tiny little pendulum screws. And it's very easy to lose them. I always have extras because you got 12 of them in there. And very easy to lose them. You have to be careful what you're doing. You're dealing with tiny wiring harnesses. So it's better handing $100 to the service person and say, you do it for me. But it's still cheaper than buying a new one. Well, that's the point, Gene, and that's the point that I was I was leading to before we had to break um, for for commercial uh, during our last segment, is that when I would give when I would actually show people, you know, okay, this is what you're going to pay me for labor, this is what you're going to pay me for parts, versus the cost of a new machine, seventy or eighty percent of the time it was an excuse for them to buy a new machine. I could upsell them to a new machine. Why? Because they would get a full warranty. They would get Apple Care coverage optionally if they wanted it for you know an additional fee, but that would extend their warranty from 12 months to, to, to three years. Um, and they would get the benefit of knowing that they were buying something current that could go a little bit longer still than whatever machine they were upgrading. So, uh, you know, in, in the case of, I think, a lot of electronics, that's that's the situation that that most people find themselves in. They, they, so I, I think that this right to repair, while I think it's important, is important for a smaller percentage of consumers than people who are in this business or people who obsess about this business regularly may actually think are out there. I have also dealt with a lot of folks who, for example, bring an iPhone in for a new screen, and it's like, well, what is this going to cost me? I give them the figure, and they're like, well, I might as well just get a new one. That delta is huge. I mean, you can re- you can replace a screen on an iPhone for a hundred bucks. 
a new iPhone is going to cost you six fifty at least if you buy something new and and current. But people don't see it as six fifty; they see it as well. It's just going to cost me. I'm up for renewal, so it's going to it's going to be another twenty five thirty bucks a month for me, in, instead of gee, I don't want to have to drop that hundred right now. Uh, penny wise, pound foolish, perhaps, and maybe a little even a little bit innumerate, but. A valid point, nonetheless. You know, some people don't want to be bothered with that cost if they know they can get something better for a little bit more. Right, but if it's a battery, a battery should not be a considerable purchase. Yes, maybe so with $79 for an iPhone and, what, $129 or $179 for a MacBook Pro. That's a considerable thing. But, of course, you're paying $179 to replace a battery on a $2,000 computer. It kind of makes sense. The battery is a pretty sensible replacement, I think, for many people. Because you're sitting there and say, as you did with your iPhone 6, iPhone 6 works perfectly, replace the battery, everything's like new again for another couple of years. And then I can think about the iPhone 12 or something. That's a very good point, Gene, and I think that, that that's a good case because the battery, batteries themselves, even by Apple's terminology or by Apple's definition, batteries are considered to be consumable parts. In other words, from the day that you open the box, the assumption is that that is a component within the device that is decaying as you use it, directly proportional to the amount of use that you give it, and that it will have to be replaced at some point. However, that doesn't make it incumbent upon Apple to provide consumers with an easy way to replace the battery themselves, such as making it removable. You know, that just means that Apple's got to have a part supply and a process for managing that. Um, well, that's and, what the right to repair is. Shouldn't you be able to go and... No, right, right to repair doesn't say that Apple has to, has to make phone, phones with removable batteries. Absolutely. No, that's not, not what I'm saying. Make- Apple should sell the battery. You shouldn't have to depend on a third-party unwarranted battery. You should have the right to go in there and say, I'll take an Apple battery. Obviously, Apple's not going to warranty your repair. As far as a third-party repair shop, shouldn't they have access to the documentation? Or maybe they could you know, do some kind of certification. But if you go to a third-party dealer and they sell you a genuine Apple battery, they still have to warranty their repair. If they break it, they fix it. But on the other hand, looking at it from the manufacturer's perspective, and I'm just playing devil's advocate for a moment, if Apple does that, if Apple sells Apple-branded batteries to anybody who wants one, how does Apple manage the issue of those devices coming back to it maybe having been prepared or having been repaired improperly using apple genuine parts and what is their liability there and this is the issue that 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 a lot of manufacturers come up with well you know if i'm selling parts to anybody you know how how am i going to be able to manage quality on that they can't and so it it does present a, a dilemma for the manufacturer that quite frankly gene i am unsympathetic to but i want to acknowledge what their issue is regardless so people can just contextually understand here what's going on yes but if apple gets in a product under warranty repair which is where it only comes into play if it hasn't been repaired properly which should be fairly obvious they could say, I'm nope. sorry, it doesn't meet our standards, and next time have it fixed by Apple. I mean, they should not be responsible for a dealer that is incompetent and damages the product. That dealer has to be responsible for their work. Yeah, but it doesn't quite work out that way, does it? 
Well, no, because most people will say, well, it has an Apple part and it's Apple's fault. And I think Apple probably in the normal course of events will tolerate a little bit of leeway there because otherwise it'd be impossible to deal with. But if it's obviously damaged by a third party, they have the perfect right to say, well, this is not our problem. Well, what's more, if there isn't a, uh, a paper trail, um, then, 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 uh, then it's not their problem. But anyway, so, uh, you know, the, the, how right to repair will ultimately affect the landscape specifically of Apple product ownership is anyone's guess at this point, but, um, it's, you know, it, it's an interesting, uh, situation that's, that's continuing to develop. And, um, uh, I, I guess we'll see in the end, um, what, what, what kind of difference it'll make if, if the legislation in California passes. California actually already has strong consumer legislation, as I alluded to before. You can get parts for your Apple products there, uh, for a lot longer than you can in the other 49 states. You so, see, that also um, bothers me. And this is one of the states' rights problems we have in this country. Because I choose to live in a state or I have to live in a state because that's where my job is. I can't telecommute. I've got to live in this state. But this state deprives me of certain rights. So I can't buy a part or have Apple fix my MacBook Pro in this state because it's vintage. But I can have it fixed in this state or this country because it's not vintage yet. Just a personal opinion. Well, I mean that that you would have to go back to the founding fathers to um, to argue. That's obviously um, a conflict that's been not just related to this, but central to uh, the sort of tensions that that have ruled the republic. Um, that in fact caused the civil war for entirely different reasons. But we understand I, that. I was thinking in terms of manufacturers here more than a lot of other issues. We've got more to come with Peter Cohen on the Tech Night Out Live. For listening to GCN. Visit GCNlive.com today. Attack of the Rockoids has been well received by critics and readers alike. It's a thrill a minute story you'll never forget. A former U.S. military intelligence officer is haunted by intense dreams about a beautiful woman pleading for his help after a terrible battle in outer space. But the dreams turn out to be true and thrust him into a telepathic love affair with a woman whose faraway planet is intent on destroying the Earth. And now the gripping tale continues in The Coming of the Protectors. It's the second book of the Rockoids trilogy, a galaxy-spanning adventure that pits our hapless heroes against powerful, fanatical enemies that threaten the lives of freedom-loving beings everywhere. Attack of the Rockoids and The Coming of the Protectors. Classic science fiction at its best. Available now. For more details, visit rockoids.com. That's R O C K O I D S.com. Bacon lovers, we ship free. Try our amazing bacon. No refrigeration required. Proprietary value-added packaging provides 10-year shelf life and protects the leanest, thickest, center-cut, fully-cooked bacon in America today. Ready to eat right from the pouch or warm and serve. Savory and delicious. Wholesale price for your everyday use. Order today at readytoeatbacon.com. Readytoeatbacon.com.
A lot can happen in six seconds. A rodeo ride, a dramatic basketball win, and the world record holder can solve a Rubik's Cube. Six seconds is how long it takes for an 18-wheeler traveling at a safe speed to come to a complete stop. And in those six seconds, that truck will travel the length of two football fields. So please, give them room. Never cut in front of a large truck for any reason. Our roads, our responsibility. Learn more at sharetheroadsafely.gov. Welcome back to the Tech Night Owl Live, where you never know what's going to happen next. And now, here's Gene Steinberg. My point being, as a consumer, I'm not talking about, you know, having different auto insurance laws. And even that, I think, other than the basic repair experience and things like that should be the same for everybody. I'm thinking here in terms of I buy this product here and it's going to last 10 years before it's vintage, whatever. I then move to the state across the border, which is one mile away. And now my rights to fix that have changed. I live in the same country. I'm a citizen of the United States of America. I pay taxes here, but I move from one state to the other. My rights change, not in the sense of how they are dealt with in terms of one state to another for local requirements. It's a MacBook Pro. It's an iPhone, whatever. We understand the problems there. And we understand that it isn't fair, but raises all sorts of complications and political ramifications and like that. In terms of the right to repair, I think it has to be done with common sense if it's being done at all, because I can see abuses at both ends. I think Apple has to be forced or other tech companies to loosen things somewhat to give people more possibilities for repair. But when it comes to things where serious parts are broken that require really, really specialized equipment, you know, there's a gray area there. You know, it's not like a battery. Uh, someone from Batteries Plus Bulbs told me that an iPhone battery usually is not difficult to repair. Is that true? You've done it. Yeah, no, it's, I mean, it, it's a laborious process, um, especially on the newer devices, but, and there's testing that, that has to happen according to Apple's own guidelines or own requirements for authorized repairs uh, that definitely slow you down. But it's still something that can be done with the right tools and whatever. In terms of right to repair and, and, you know, going over state lines and stuff like that, I mean, that's the Tenth Amendment, man. You know, the Tenth Amendment says, hey, look, the federal government only has the, the powers that we granted it in the Constitution and that all the, the, the remaining powers are reserved for the states of the people. So, like I said, this is something that, that goes back to 1791, right? You know, this is, this is not a new issue uh, for our republic to deal with with. And it, as it affects consumer use of, of electronics and other devices, it's a real issue. I, But outside of sweeping federal legislation that would change that, I don't, I don't really see, it, see that changing a lot. It's always interesting to me to talk to people from other countries, um, especially my European friends, who find this process or this issue that we, we've been talking about for the last few minutes, uh, Gene, to be completely bizarre and Byzantine for them. You, you 
Europe's done obviously a very good job uh, since the end of the Cold War of sort of uniting with the possible exception of Brexit um, and sort of bringing everything under sort of a unified code of, of, of laws and, and, and rules. Uh, whereas we in the United States take the states part of United States very seriously, uh, you know, which is why my uh, state subsidized medical insurance, for example, um, has absolutely no coverage for me when I leave the state. Um, I, I found that out the hard way a few years ago when I was traveling on business and I tried, I, I went to the same chain that I always get my stuff filled at going, hey, I need a script refill on this script. I get it filled at this one up the street from my house all the time. Can I get it done here? And they're like, sure. Yeah, you can do that. We've got it in the system here as long as you want to pay full retail because your particular medical plan, which is offered to you through the state you know, system, doesn't offer you any coverage here. So you would have to pay full freight for that, uh, that medication. That was a real eye-opener for me, but it's another example of how these things just don't translate across state lines because we may be a single country, but we are definitely 50 states. Well, that requires, as I said, political issues. Just like I said, right to repair should not be restricted to single states. Whether or not an Apple product is vintage or not should not be restricted to a specific state, but it's way, way, way beyond what happens. Now, if enough states adopt right to repair, though, eventually it will will become close to being national. Because then somebody would possibly have the right to file lawsuits charging discrimination, discriminatory practices or something, and eventually they'll figure a way to make it national if enough states pick it up. Otherwise, yeah, you're living in 50 different countries to a degree, which is kind of strange. Anyway, there you go, right to repair. Let's see what happens. Hopefully it's going to be done a sensible way. I also think if enough states adopt it, Apple will simply have to find a way to make it national. They can't have one program here, one program there. And drive everybody nuts. Yeah, well, sure they can, but, you know. Well, I'm already nuts. I understand that. (laughs) But, you know, in terms of right to repair laws, what we've got right now is laws in 16 states. And I think like six or or eight more are considering it. So it'll be a while before we've got national consensus on this. That's for sure. I live uh, with a certain amount of optimism about it, Gene, and I think that uh, it's the right thing uh, for companies to do for consumers. And I'd like to see... It's certainly adopted as a national standard, even if I, you know, look askance at uh, what's happening now. Looking askance. There we go. Let's go to some other topics. Have you heard the HomePod yet? You know, I am not. I, yes. And I. it sounds fabulous and it's a terrific piece of engineering, but I'm completely uninterested in owning one. Welcome to the club. And my reason for doing this is very simple. Any speaker, any audio speaker that puts impediments in my way as to what music I can hear on it, I'm not interested in in owning. You know, I I have my music from a variety of sources. Apple Music is only one of them. You know, I've purchased a certain amount of stuff in iTunes. I've gotten a lot of downloaded music through other um, music services that are certainly uploaded to, you know, iTunes uh, uh, Music Cloud or whatever the hell it's called this week, iTunes Match. And I like that. iTunes Music Cloud, whatever, who cares? Right, exactly. Um, But I also listen to music on uh, Amazon Music, and I also use Spotify, um, and I also use SoundCloud. And I don't want to have to deal with any speaker that locks me out of any music that I either own or want to hear. For God's sake, a speaker should just be there to play music. 
So I'll stick with my Bluetooth speakers and, you know, my uh, attachments to my home audio systems. Thank you very much because they don't give a damn what service I'm streaming from. They're just dumb speakers. I like my speakers dumb, not smart. You know, I wouldn't mind a HomePod that was just a smart loudspeaker system that would configure itself to your listening environment and get the heck out of the way. Yep, yep, yep. I want a frictionless music experience. That's what I'm looking for. And HomePod introduces friction. And you know what? That's not the Apple way, damn it. Well, Apple, I think, here was trying to create a high-end alternative to Amazon Echo. Okay. And therefore, have a good loudspeaker. Because the Amazon Echo, the basic ones like an Echo Dot or any of the Amazon Echoes are very, very average or sub-average speaker systems. The Google Home Max may be a decent one, but the rest are not. The point here is they are not designed to be speaker systems. That's just a feature. They're designed to listen to you or steal your stuff or whatever. They're designed to hear you to do commands, to provide you information for Amazon to get you to buy something from them. They're not designed just for music listening. So Apple took that basic concept and tried to deliver something as a music listening system, but they've got this thing so tied up in Apple's ecosystem and this half-baked integration with Siri that I think the product has possibilities, but it's not there yet. Like I said, I'd like to see something without Siri. Why bother with Siri? I just want a loudspeaker system or a HomePod with no restrictions and Siri to be very, very limited just to music, just to music listening. Well, I'm very pleased that, you know, as it exists now, the, you know, hooking up an Apple TV to my stereo makes it possible for me to have, uh, you know, the, the music and other content that I want to stream to that device um, accessible to me through the existing home entertainment system I already have um, wired up in, in the house. And I've got Bluetooth speakers and, and uh, even some AirPlay speakers. Let's break it there at the speakers and we'll go on. More to come with Peter Cohen on the Tech Night Owl Live. Attack of the Rockoids has been well-received by critics and readers alike. It's a thrill-a-minute story you'll never forget. A former U.S. military intelligence officer is haunted by intense dreams about a beautiful woman pleading for his help after a terrible battle in outer space. But the dreams turn out to be true and thrust him into a telepathic love affair with a woman whose faraway planet is intent on destroying the Earth. And now the gripping tale continues in The Coming of the Protectors. It's the second book of the Rockoids trilogy, a galaxy-spanning adventure that pits our hapless heroes against powerful, fanatical enemies that threaten the lives of freedom-loving beings everywhere. Attack of the Rockoids and The Coming of the Protectors, classic science fiction at its best, available now. For more details, visit rockoids.com. That's R-O-C-K-O-I-D-S dot com. 
Trading involves financial risk and is not suitable for all investors. Marijuana has unleashed a green gold rush across our nation. It's creating $10.8 billion in new wealth a year. And every day, it's transforming more and more Americans into millionaires. Former Speaker of the House John Boehner reveals how you could become one of them. Join him online for the American Cannabis Summit. Attendance is 100% free, but space is limited. Join online at www.acs2018.com. John Boehner and an esteemed panel will reveal which cannabis stocks are primed to deliver life-changing windfalls. Plus, they will show you how to become a cannabis angel investor, backing the hottest startups before they potentially become worth billions of dollars. To join the American Cannabis Summit, visit acs2018.com or text JOIN to 76280. Don't miss this once-in-a-lifetime opportunity. Text JOIN to 76280. Text JOIN to 76280 now. Looking for that edge during those intimate moments? We see many ads for enhancement, but the side effects include death. At GCN Team, we should change the Healthy Body Brain and Heart Pack to the Healthy Libido Pack. The brain and heart are not the only organs that require a healthy vascular system. For proper blood flow at the right moment, go to GCNteam.com or call 877-878-4203. That's 877-878-4203. That's 877-878-4203. It's been said, any society is only three missed meals away from chaos. Those times may be near. Think about it. Our country faces multiple terrorist threats and aggressions from Russia and North Korea. Social unrest and violent marches yet again may lead to looting of stores and city shutdowns. And our crumbling infrastructure leaves our power grid vulnerable to long-term outages from a single cyber attack. When the chaos from any one of these threats arises, the government knows it can't provide during a widespread national emergency. That's why you need your own plan for self-reliance. That's where My Patriot Supply comes in. Get a four-week survival food supply for only $99. That includes breakfast, lunches, and dinners. Order online at preparewithgcn.com. 99 bucks for four weeks of survival food that tastes like homemade cooking and lasts up to 25 years from My Patriot Supply. Get your kits today at preparewithgcn.com. Free shipping is included. Preparewithgcn.com. By now you know that wireless technology like cell phones do in fact pose dangers to the health and privacy of everyone. Blockit Pocket's wide range of products are unmatched in providing the protection you deserve. No scare tactics, just common sense. BlockitPocket.com offers quality American-made options to alleviate and eliminate these invisible dangers. Learn more at BlockitPocket.com or call 888-315-9618. BlockitPocket.com, enhancing health and privacy. We'd like to hear from you. If you have a comment or question about the Tech Night Owl Live, please send it to news at technightowl.com. That's news at technightowl.com. If you'd like to discuss today's show with fellow night owls, visit our community forums at forum.technightowl.com. That's forum.technightowl.com. So, Peter, in short, you have a pretty conventional setup there, Bluetooth speakers, whatever, of speakers strewn throughout your home. And You're not stuck with a speaker system that's, that's tied ball and chain into Apple's ecosystem. 
That's right. Yeah. You know, it, it, like I said, frictionless. It, it, I, I don't want my speakers to get in the way of my listening to music or my streaming content to them. I just want them to play audio. So um, the, the HomePod does not fix a problem that I have. If I were completely immersed in Apple Music and and iTunes, then I could say, yeah, great. No, I would love a HomePod. But um, my, my tastes run a little bit more esoteric and a little bit more complicated than that. So the HomePod ain't for me. I don't want to denigrate the HomePod. The HomePod. I think it is a fantastic piece of engineering and an amazingly good for the money speaker. I just wish that it were just a speaker, and it's it it's not. You know, Apple doesn't have any secondary input method for this thing, right? You can't hook up a um, a, a speaker cable to it and connect it to uh, another device that might not be an Apple device. You can't. Um, it's got no RCA jacks. It's, it's not Bluetooth discoverable. You know, it's it's Apple's way or the highway, buddy. And uh, nah, I'm just I'm not interested in that right now. I think it's gotten a lot more attention than it deserved. I think Apple has a good concept there, but I'm troubled by a few things I read about it in terms of sound. And that is the conclusion by a number of people that's somewhat on the bassy side, kind of like Beats headphones. And I think if Apple is going to do all these great things like being able to auto-configure itself for a room, it shouldn't editorialize the sound. You should be able to say, Siri, if that's what it's going to be, give me less audio. It should be opened up to a wider spectrum. I mean, if you have Apple Music, you can get an Android version. You're not forced to be part of Apple's ecosystem to have Apple Music. And I think with HomePod, I understand what they're trying to do. They're just basically trying to take the Echo and these Google systems, these smart quote-unquote speaker systems and try to give them good audio, but they've got you so locked in. They limit the ability to EQ, unless you have something like iTunes or something. You can't just say, Siri, give me less space or more treble or something. They've done things there where they've taken something with a lot of possibilities, and I think they've crippled the device. I think, however, almost anything that's wrong with it could be fixed in software, don't you think? Oh, I think a lot can be fixed in software. Obviously, software isn't going to make RCA jacks grow out of it, but yeah, a, a lot of the things that will, will, could be fixed in software, sure. Sure. Well, for example, it's not Bluetooth discoverable. Is that hardware or software? Can they do it in the firmware? If it's got Bluetooth in there already, can it just be a Bluetooth speaker? That's a question I can't answer. I don't know enough about the guts of it to, to, to know whether or not that can be done. So. So I think I agree with you here. The HomePod is not on my list to buy. Not whether or not I have $349 I want to waste. It's because Apple's approach doesn't appeal to me. I don't know what its future is. I heard some early reports on sales saying there aren't really great shakes. People are buying lots of AirPods and it's still backordered, but the HomePod is not flying off the shelves. Of course, it, it means it's a bigger, bigger investment. But the question I have here is we think of Amazon Echo is hugely successful, but the past when I've checked sales, they're not great shakes either. Really. Tons of people aren't buying Amazon Echoes for their home. I mean, they're doing licensing and things like, now, what is it? Dish Network supports it. The Vizio TV, even though it supports Google, Google Chromecast, will let you use Alexa. So they are expanding their licensing. But even in general... What do you need Amazon Echo for to tell Alexa that you want to buy something from Amazon? 
Or you want to buy some groceries from Whole Foods and have it shipped within two hours on Prime whatever, Prime Pantry? I've lost track very, of all the Prime stuff. Actually, very few people use their Amazon Echoes or Echo Dots to actually order things. My experience with it, I've had one for about a year and a half now, is I mainly use it to check the news and to get a weather report when I first uh, get up and, and some other stuff. But, you know, I, I don't I don't really use it for much beyond that. So I think Amazon's even overplayed uh uh, its usability in, in those terms, for sure. You know, we've heard a couple of horror stories about kids ordering stuff and parrots having stuff delivered to their house and so on. But um, I think that those are real outliers. Polly wants two deep dish pizzas from Little Caesars. Hey, cool. Yeah, I as I said, it's one of these things where you have products in search of a purpose. And as I said, up till like last Christmas... The number of sales of the Amazon Echo were estimated at 14 million over three years. Now, if Apple sold 14 million of anything in three years, it'd be a monumental failure. If Apple sold a billion dollars worth of a product in every year or every quarter, like Max, it would be a huge failure. But if it's a surface, oh, it's tremendously successful. 14 million in three years for Amazon, successful. I don't know what they sold the last quarter. I guess at $30, it's one of those things where you can, ah, it's no big deal. I'll play with it. Or I'll give it to somebody for the holidays, let them figure it out. But I think it's one of those products where you take it, you turn it on, you play with it for a while, and you stick it in the drawer, and that's it. I don't see a sustainable use for it. Now, maybe when more and more people have connected homes and they want voice recognition, all this stuff, kind of what Apple's trying to do with HomeKit. I think when more and more people have things like that, They'll do it. But why do I need a speaker system if I already have Siri on my iPhone? Yeah, you can make that case for sure. I think you see that quite often here. Oh, uh, as of last fall, they were saying that Amazon had sold 20 million Alexa devices as of October of last year. So maybe it's what, 22 million now? They said they sold, but I don't see a final sales figure here. At all. I don't see how many fails figures. They just said 20 million as of October, November. We assume a few more million. Maybe it's 25 million now over, what, three, four years? Is that a lot? I don't know. That's the Amazon Echo. And the HomePod. And I don't know. (laughs) What can I say? So we're going to drop that. I'm not going to buy one. You have, you say, an Amazon Echo and you use it for some limited purposes. That's why I use Siri for, by the way, setting alarms. 99% of the purposes I use Siri for are alarms, except sometimes in my car, I don't want to figure out how I go back somewhere. I say, Siri, take me home. And Apple Maps will figure a way to get me home. And usually it's close. I think Apple Maps is much better now. That's it. I just wonder why here people are just so desperate to make these things into compelling consumer products smart speakers is a word smart speakers i think that um there are some very specialized verticals where smart speakers work out really well you know for example accessibility if you are um uh, physically limited in some way having a device that you can talk to in in plain language can make a, a huge difference for a person we'll continue that in our next segment with peter cohen i'm gene steinberg you're in the tech night out live 
you for listening to GCN. Visit GCNlive.com today. Complement your health with hemp-derived cannabinoid oil. We've always believed that the closer to earth, the better it is for our bodies. Our hemp-derived cannabinoid oil is phytocannabinoid-rich, full-spectrum, and organically grown. Finally, hemp made easy, clean, and effective. GCNhemp.com or call 877-878-4203. That's right, we cut through the red tape. It's now available at GCNhemp.com or call 877-878-4203. Are you afraid to go to the mailbox because of letter after letter from the IRS? Are they stacking on more and more penalties and interest? By now, you know the problem won't go away on its own. Don't let the IRS chase you to your grave with penalties and interest and liens and levies. You need real help now. I'm Dan Pilla. I wrote the book on tax debt settlement, and I helped thousands of people solve tax problems they thought couldn't be solved. I can help you too. Call 800-34-NO-TAX or go to my website, danpilla.com. That's danpilla.com, danpilla.com. USA Radio News. President Donald Trump on Saturday was in Northern California to see firsthand the grief and devastation from the deadliest U.S. wildfire in a century. Authorities confirmed at least 71 people are dead, and many people are still missing as they had to evacuate their home. President Trump in California on Saturday. I know uh, Gavin's committed, we're all committed, I'm committed to make sure that we get all of this uh, cleaned out and protected. Gotta take care of the floors. You know, the floors of the forest is very important. Democrat Andrew Gillum officially conceded to Republican former Congressman Ron DeSantis in Florida's gubernatorial race as a recount of votes showed a margin Gillum was unlikely to close. WikiLeaks founder Julian Assange will not willingly travel to the United States to face charges filed under a seal against him. That's at least according to his attorney. Assange is currently in the Ecuadorian embassy in London. You're listening to USA Radio News. Balance of Nature's Fruits and Veggies in a Capsule. I was diagnosed with congestive heart failure. I went from being able to work 14, 16 hours a day with no problem to where I could barely walk a block to the store. I went on to the phytonutrients about six months ago, and within a couple of months, my medical doctor had cut my prescriptions down in a a little bit smaller dosage. The next time I went back, a month later, I walked into the doctor's office and he says, my gosh, what's happened to you? You don't even look like the same person. He looked at my legs and the swelling had gone down. My blood pressure was down. The venous stasis ulcers that I had had on my legs for the last four or five years because of the poor circulation were all healed, and I'm feeling far better. When you call, use discount code USA, and we'll take 35% off your first month's order and ship it to you free. Call 800-246-8751. That's 1-800-246-8751. Or go online to balanceofnature.com and use discount code USA. Hello, I'm Mike Lindell, the inventor of my pillow. And like all of you out there, I had problems sleeping. Pillows would go flat. I would flip-flop all night long. I would wake up with a sore neck, maybe a headache, or feel like I needed a nap even though I slept eight hours. When I invented my pillow, I wanted it to where you can move the patented fill to give you the exact support you need as an individual, regardless of sleep position. My pillow will get you into that deep REM sleep faster, and you will stay there longer. It's not about how much time we spend in bed. It's about how much of that quality sleep we get. I do 
do all of my own manufacturing right here in the United States. I have a 10-year warranty. You can wash and dry my pillow, and I give you a 60-day money-back guarantee, so you have nothing to lose. And here's my best offer ever. You can buy one of my pillows and get one absolutely free. Go to MyPillow.com or call 800-870-0305 and use promo code GCN. That's MyPillow.com or 800-870-0305 with promo code GCN. You're listening to the Tech Night Owl Live with Gene Steinberg. You never know what's going to happen next. Special reminder, folks, we have a special version of the show. Speaking of being special, if you're tired of listening to all the network ads, we have a way to... Get rid of them without fast forward. Join Tech Night Owl Plus at plus.technightowl.com. We offer a version free of the network ads, better quality audio for prices starting at just $1.49 a week. Cheaper than the Circle K coffee, even a small one. Plus.technightowl.com. We have Peter Cohen. We're kind of wondering here if there is really a legitimate market for a so-called smart speaker. And then he mentioned vertical markets like someone who's handicapped, somebody disabled. They need a smart speaker that can perform tasks for them. That makes a lot of sense. There's a lot of really specific reasons why you'd have something like that. And I think in that case, it makes a lot of sense for these products, not general consumer products, but for people who really need them. Maybe, you know, when more and more people have connected homes. Yeah, and that's that's another thing. You know, I mean, connected homes, we've been hearing about connected homes for nigh on a decade now. That's still happening and kind of fits and starts. But I don't think that there's anything wrong with normalizing the idea of talking to a smart assistant like, you know, a Siri or a, a Google or Alexa or a Cortana, you know, from Microsoft or, or what have you. Um, I, I don't think that, that that it's a bad idea to to bridge that gap. Um, but it just it, it feels so much right now like it's still a solution in search of a problem as opposed to something that is making my life demonstrably better. And I think that that's my biggest problem with whatever device you're looking at, whether it's HomePod or something else, is that, yeah, uh, talking to Siri is great and, and can come in really handy, but all of the problems that this fixes are – um, dare I say, hashtag first world problems. They're not real fundamental issues that affect the quality of my life. Being able to turn on my lights by saying, hey, Siri, turn on my lights is nice, but and, and like I said, if, if, I, if I had mobility issues, it would be a completely different story. Then it actually would be demonstrably making my life better. But for normal, able-bodied folk, I don't necessarily think that these any of these devices are offering, at least right now, compelling reasons uh, for us to own them that would actually demonstrably improve the quality of our lives. They're, they're luxuries. I don't, for example, even worry about automatic lights. Room lights, so you can just say, turn on the lights, turn them up, push the button. Let's, you know, go back to being old fashioned. What's so hard about going to the washing machine and pulling a knob? 
What's so hard about pushing a button to get the dryer on? What's so hard about, you know, putting something in the freezer or making a minor setting change to your refrigerator? I mean, it's not being old fashioned. I think some things are just absurd. We'd like the home where it's like the science fiction movies where you tell something to the personal assistant and it does everything in your home. Okay, set the thermostat temperature at 76 degrees year-round, or, you know, when I'm not home, make it warmer in the summer and cooler in the winter, whatever, to save electricity, because I don't have the solar panels because they increase the tariffs on them, or whatever it is. The thing here is, I can see purposes for that, for the well-connected home. I just think it's still not there yet. And I think that's also the difference between Apple and other companies, which is Apple comes out with something when it can really do some good, not just oh, yeah, as an experiment. And I think HomePod, they may have been forced into doing HomePod because the market could get away from them before it gains traction. And, you know, maybe too many people have Amazon Echoes and be so tied into that ecosystem that Apple will lose it. But if entering it this way provides them positioning to further... E- improve the product and make it more useful in the future, maybe that's it. But I think today Apple didn't have to produce a HomePod. I think they had to because of the state of the market. I don't think that they had to because of the state of the market. I think Apple produced the HomePod because they wanted to produce the HomePod. I don't think that Apple feels a lot of market pressure to do much of anything. Apple's the biggest consumer electronics company in the world and actually one of the biggest companies in the world, period. Apple doesn't get a lot of pressure from anybody to do much of anything except make more money. And HomePod is obviously going to be accretive to their bottom line, but it's going to be a rounding error for a very long time within their products. Why? Because who buys a $400 speaker? It's not a real problem that people are having. But let's differentiate that from this other thing, which is, you know, Apple trying to solve real problems with it. HomePod doesn't solve any real problems for anybody. Apple, it certainly gives Apple an an entree into the smart speaker space, and it gives Apple a very clever way of differentiating itself within that space by having this very high quality audio experience. Um, and they're certainly putting a lot of mu- muscle, a marketing muscle to it. The FKA Twigs um, ad that they've got is amazing. I've watched it like three, I've watched a long form version of it three times now, just because I really like the music and I love the visuals and uh, her dancing is fantastic too. But you know, marketing pizzazz aside. Like I said, HomePod doesn't fix a problem for me, but I, I don't buy this idea that, that Apple had to release the HomePod because of the great pressure that smartphones were around for years before Apple released the iPhone. Apple changed everything after it released the iPhone. Tablets were around for years. I mean, I, my entire career at Macworld happened between the time I saw a first tablet at an IT job I was at before I was at Macworld, and then the release of the iPod in 2000 and what was it, nine, right? The, oh, the iPad was like 2010. Tablets yeah, were shown the next great thing. Apple probably entered an area of smart speakers where it had the difference, which is the audio. And the ability to auto-configure itself. And that itself could bring out a whole generation of products that do not have to be smart speakers. People who want audio 
And to be able to just take a speaker system and set it up without configuration, just turn it on at, at its optimal, that's a pretty good thing, even if you forget the smart speakers. Yeah, true. And what, that's what I'm saying is forget the smart speakers for now. Just get yourself a decent audio system. And don't worry about it. You want to talk to Siri? Pick up your phone and say, hi, Siri. And as it turns out, HomePod, whatever it is, whether successful in the first generation or not, and they didn't sell that many Apple Watches first six months either, it can lead to a lot of interesting ideas. And then later on, Apple could improve the recognition and everything else. Everything about the HomePod that's significant to anyone can be fixed or changed in a software update. They can improve the sonic balance to be less spacey. They can give you more options. They can improve the recognition from Siri so it can get better. Does it reach a point where this generation becomes the X factor for a lot of people? I don't know. I mean, the Apple Watch apparently has now become a pretty big thing. It's the number one wearable on the planet. Everyone else who's tried to do smartwatches has failed miserably. They've crashed and burned. Based on estimates, they're selling more Apple Watches than Fitbits now, and Fitbits are a fraction of the price. So Apple has found an area where the fitness thing works perfectly. You heard the story, Peter, where United Healthcare is offering credits towards buying an Apple Watch as part of their motion fitness program. If you meet certain fitness standards, you get up to $4 a day towards your Apple Watch. You can buy like two a year or something like that. Yeah, it's interesting because they're not the first company to do this. Um, you know, several other healthcare um, and health insurance providers have in- tried to incent their users, their customers uh, to, to get uh, fit using Apple Watches. I think it's a great idea, it, but th- that's obviously not where the bulk of this market movement is coming from. It's from people just walking into the Apple store and going, yeah, I want an Apple Watch. You know, we got more to come with Peter Cohen on the Tech Night Out Live. You are listening to GCN. Visit GCNlive.com today. As you know, neighbors, web hosting can be pretty cheap, but not all hosting is the same. DreamHost wins best of awards year after year. You get unlimited disk space, unlimited bandwidth, and even the low-cost plans put your sites on high-performance SSDs. Want to know more about what DreamHost has to offer? Go to technightowl.com slash host. Once again, that's technightowl.com slash host. First came Attack of the Rockoids, and it was a critically acclaimed success. And now there is the coming of the Protectors. A former military intelligence man is contacted by a space woman in a dream. A dream that turns out to be a nightmare, because evil forces on our distant planet are planning to conquer the Earth. This is gripping science fiction of the classic kind. Attack of the Rockoids and the coming of the Protectors. Find out more at rockoids.com. That's rockoids, R-O-C-K-O-I-D-S, dot com. 
By now you know that wireless technology like cell phones do in fact pose dangers to the health and privacy of everyone. Blocket Pocket's wide range of products are unmatched in providing the protection you deserve. No scare tactics, just common sense. BlockitPocket.com offers quality American-made options to alleviate and eliminate these invisible dangers. Learn more at BlockitPocket.com or call 888-315-9618. BlockitPocket.com, enhancing health and privacy. Hear that? That's the sound of a house being trashed while a gang of thieves ransack the place. And what they don't steal will be destroyed. This year, resolve not to be the next victim of a break-in. Go to faketv.com and discover a device that creates the illusion someone inside is watching TV, even when you're miles away. Security is a mindset, and Fake TV should be part of your security solution. Be vigilant, but not fearful. Faketv.com Water is the single most important thing your body needs, so you want to be sure it's the purest for you and your family. For over 14 years, thousands have depended on Berkey Clean Water. The Berkey Guy has you covered at home, work, and on the go with water filtration systems of every size for every budget. Now, GCN listeners receive 10% off ceramic filter systems using code GCN at GoBerkey.com or call 877-886-3653. GoBerkey.com. Bags under the eyes, crow's feet, fine lines and wrinkles are things adults complain about as they age. Now, there's Instantly Ageless. It works in minutes and is great for men and women. I've probably noticed in the past five years that my eyes have gained a lot of fine lines, wrinkles. My crow's feet have gotten deeper. Wow. I was hoping for five years, but that's like what my eyes looked like ten years ago. That is really cool. Wrinkle gone? (laughs) It's easy. Just put it on your finger and go. Now I wish I had more down here because I can still see one wrinkle. It's bugging me. I am a little bit emotional. I Turning 40, I didn't think would be a big deal to me, but that looks like the me that I feel like inside instead of what, um, what I see when I look in the mirror. Try Instantly Ageless today at GCNLife.com. That's GCNLife.com. 30-day money-back guarantee and preferred price discount at GCNLife.com. That's GCNLife.com. In these uncertain times, it makes sense to have a sustainable backup method to cook food and boil water. If your current plan includes using a fuel-burning stove or cooking over an open fire, then there's a much better way. The Miniman Rocket Stove is a biomass-burning cooking stove that only requires small quantities of sticks and twigs for fuel. The Miniman Stove is easy to use, smokeless, portable, powerful, and sustainable. For the finest in survival cooking stoves and fire starters made right here in the USA, go to MinutemanStove.com. That's MinutemanStove.com. You're listening to the Tech Night Owl live with Gene Steinberg. You never know what's going to happen next. That's so interesting with the Apple Watch. It's reached the point where the masses really have them. I think they estimated, what, 17, 18 million sales last year. Third year of the Apple Watch. They sold 20 million iPhones in its third year. And I'm not going to say that the Apple Watch will grow as fast, but it did grow over 50% based on different industry estimates. But I see more and more people that I would assume don't get paid a whole lot of money, like a cashier in a convenience store. 
And several of them I know, and they're just nice, lovely people, and they're really working hard to make a living in this very crazy, foolish society of ours. Apple Watches. I see more and more of them around, not in the hands of people who like expensive tech toys, but just anyone. And that's where Apple has made a difference. And the fitness angle is where they seized on something that really appeals to people. As you say, you know, insurance companies may provide them as a special premium or something with one of their programs. Also, John Hancock, Aetna, and a couple of others. And that's another way for Apple to make an entry into fitness. I think fitness is really important to them. And I think part of that is Tim Cook is very heavy into fitness. And I think that was the big magic bullet with the Apple Watch there. Once they made full born to fitness, adding more and more features, making it more and more independent, offering them at starting prices that aren't that expensive, I think that made a huge difference. And I don't think it's going to replace the iPhone in terms of popularity, but you're going to see tens of millions of them out there soon. Yeah, I mean, in terms of Tim's connection to fitness, no question that that I think that that gives him, at the very least, a unique insight as to what these things are trying to do. But obviously, fitness just in general is a huge market. Apple is, has, has really come in and cleaned up the fitness wearable market with the Apple Watch because it can do so much aside. What amazes me about the sales of the Apple Watch, the purported sales of the Apple Watch, anyway, because Apple's keeping its cards close to its vest. This is a device that's fundamentally useless unless you already have an iPhone. So Apple is selling the Apple Watch to a very specific subset of customers. You know, it's it's customers who already have an iPhone. And obviously, you know, the, the third generation uh, Apple Watch with, you know, integrated is cell phone or cell radio is is kind of a different creature but still fundamentally the apple watch is an accessory for the iphone it's funny because when, when i talk to people who aren't familiar with the apple watch they see me wearing one they, they ask me a few questions this comes up and you know my first qualifying question for them is do you own an iphone and if they say no i'm using an android phone i'm like uh, well you know there are android gear devices that you can look at but don't even bother with an apple watch because it's really kind of useless for you so it just interests me that it has managed to make this major major disruption not only in the fitness wearables market but in the watch market apple is selling a lot more watches apple watches than a lot of watchmakers do that tells you um just how much market movement capacity iphone users have uh, when they're incented to get something that makes their the use of their device better. And remember, there are hundreds of millions of people with iPhones. We forget that. You know, we think, well, they've got billions of Android devices. Yes, they do. But hundreds of millions of any ecosystem is a huge number. And it creates incredible possibilities for an Apple Watch. Based on what it is, what it does, how it does it, it will never not be integrate into Apple's ecosystem. What will happen is it will become more independent of the iPhone, but it will never be freed. It doesn't have to be. Yeah, absolutely. But I could see a point where Apple says 100 million Apple Watches, and people will turn around and realize there is no smartwatch market. There's only an Apple Watch. It's like the days of the iPod. See, now what they do with Smartwatches, they group it together with wearables. So anything you stick on your wrist that monitors something is a wearable. The most basic thing, it's measuring your pulse, whatever it does, it's a wearable. Obviously, Apple Watch does a heck of a lot more. But there is no smartwatch. Galaxy Gear, Android Wear. Where are they? Yeah, Android you know, Wear. They sell six of them. Nobody buys them. It's like the iPod in the old days. 
You want a music player? It was an iPod. Even nowadays, the iPhone is still a generic term, even though Apple has, you know, less than 20% of the market. But for any individual market, which people seem to forget, Apple sells more. Apple sells a lot more iPhones than Samsung sells Galaxies. It's just that Samsung sells lots of low-end crap. And even the last quarter, by the way, Apple sold more than Samsung. So, you know, people are wondering, what is Apple's successor to the iPhone? Well, you know, what? Apple Watch is not bad. People still buying Macs. iPad sales are up again. And we forget a few things about Macs, too. Do you see the incredible penetration Apple is making into the enterprise? You know, first with IBM, Delta Airlines, Walmart. HP is selling on a subscription basis Macs, iPhones, iPads. Go to HP and buy yourself a Mac. Yeah, it's an interesting turnabout. And I mean, you know, it's it's been an open secret for many, many years that, uh, you know, the cost of, of, of maintaining Max in an enterprise setting is lower than um, the the cost of of maintaining Windows PCs. For a very long time, the friction that was created was you know Apple's relative lack of integration. You know some of the the, the protocols and 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 processes that IT people use, but that that line has really been I wouldn't say erased but reduced. With, with the OS ten migration, Apple did a lot of industry standard connectivity. I mean, they added boot camp to Intel Macs because they expect it to be a Windows PC that integrates into a traditional Windows environment or with virtual machines. But I think a lot of it is when the iPhone came along and the iPad and people started using MacBook Pros, the boss comes in there and says to the IT people, hook it up. And Apple would announce at every one of these quarterly conference calls, well, we've got 95% of all Fortune 500 companies either deploying or testing iPads and iPhones. Now, that had to lead to something after a while. You know, that obviously made the thing. And then we see IBM telling us what we all knew about Macs. They're hundreds of dollars cheaper to maintain. And they're getting tens of thousands of people are buying Macs. And HP, which doesn't make a lot of money from PCs, by the way. I bet HP makes more money from selling you a Mac on a subscription basis to your office, to your business, than they do on if you buy an HP computer. It's money to them. It's services. What do they care what it is? I mean, HP and Apple have worked together over the years anyway. It's not anything unusual. That's true. Yeah, you could buy an HP iPod for a while. You know, a lot of people use Macs would get an HP display or they get an HP scanner, an HP printer. And that was no big deal. They always made them compatible with Macs. So now, you know, I think HP learns something from IBM's experience. And I wouldn't be surprised if Dell does the same thing. Dell's, okay, you want to buy a Mac? We'll, we'll sell you a Mac. No big deal. It's, it's, it's money in my pocket. Who cares? Hey, Peter Cohen, please tell our listeners where we can find more of your stuff. You can find my stuff online at www.peter-cohen, and my last name is spelled C-O-H-E-N.com. All right. You can also find us on Twitter if you look for Tech Night Owl. We have a second radio show about UFOs and things that go bump in the night. It's called The Paracast. And we'll talk this week on The Paracast at Paracast.com with Robert Schroeder. And he's going to talk about advanced propulsion systems. Okay? Advanced propulsion systems. Solving the UFO enigma. How modern physics is revealing the technology of UFOs. That's the book he wrote. And part of it is about advanced 
space propulsion systems, things that maybe even SpaceX is looking at now, but we're looking at the UFO angle at Paracast.com. And by the way, please don't forget Tech Night Out Plus. Tech Night Out Plus is a way for you to get a version of the show free of the network ads. And it only costs you as little as $1.49 a week or $4.99 a month. And the way it works is we make available to you a version of this show without network ads, better quality audio. And if you want to find out more, go to plus.technighthow.com. That's plus.technighthow.com. And once again, it starts at $1.49 a week, our price cheap. Now, my friend Peter Cohen is not probably going to get his next Mac on a subscription basis from HP. Or maybe he will. If it becomes part of a big business, he might. Peter Cohen, thanks for joining us on the Tech Night Out Live. Thank you, as always, for having me, Gene. I'll talk to you soon, man. The Tech Night Owl Live is a copyrighted presentation of Making the Impossible Incorporated. We'll be back next week. Same bat time, same bat channel.